Welcome to Dual Win Games, episode 14. Today on Table Talk, we discuss winning and losing in board games. We review Valparaiso and Tricarion. We go over our top 10 lightweight games. We are your hosts. Aaron here. How's it going, folks? This is Ryan. Checking in. Tim, I like how he stole your thing. I had to switch mine up. Yeah, Let's I do see, it. I noticed that. <laughs> Get back to my roots. We're back from Origins. Our last episode was our recap. So do you have any new games you want to discuss or maybe some other Origins games that we want to uh, We have cover? some recent plays I'd like to discuss. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron, you recently played uh, Wendake for the first time. Yeah. Why don't you tell us about that game and what you thought? Well, about the game, oh, geez. Why don't you give a little <laughs> recap on the game itself, and uh, um, I'll talk about what I thought. It's got a number of things going on, but you basically have this 3x3 three three action grid or board, and you have to take, you're taking actions on there, you're going to take three actions on your board, and you have to do it in a tic-tac-toe line. You can look at it as a diagonal straight line, up and down. You just have to take actions as long as that line matches up at the end of your round. You can do them out of order however you want but you just have to do those actions and they do different things of some area control some gathering resources and hunting for beavers and getting fish trading those in basically moving up on four different tracks throughout the game and those tracks are clumped in two and two and you're moving up on those tracks and your final score will be the lower score on the top track which has two categories and a lower score on the other two tracks, you combine those, and that's your final score. So let's say on the top two tracks you have 13 and 8, you take 8 as a score, and the other one you have 12 and 11, you take 11, your total is 19 points. Yeah, so this game's got a bunch of like cool mechanics in it just in throughout the gameplay. You know, you got your, your action selection with that grid, but there's cards that you're set collecting to do better things out, mm-hmm. and it's got that area control that I actually enjoy, where it's not too... It's not huge. You know, it's not the focus of the game, but it it's deterministic, and that's what I like about it. There's no, yeah, like, there's, rolling a dice you know and, exactly like... exactly how the combat will end if you choose to right. have combat. It's not like my hunter has a plus three when fighting against the field workers or whatever so it i really like that and the artwork's really nice um i was surprised because i yeah i saw that it was all area control and i'm i was i was out at first but then game started going and you've got some options and there's a good bit to think about i really like the theme too because it's that you know you're playing on the great lakes area of the map and that was really cool i've never seen that before yeah so i was excited for that. it's our area it's homeland (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah i was i was surprised i really liked it i liked the scoring it's kind of got that prodigals club where you take your lowest scores and yeah yeah feel and add them up and that was really cool you kind of got to do good at everything yeah you gotta do everything as equally as you can right and you might pop up at the end because there's little end game stuff that happens, mm-hmm. and that's pretty satisfying because it's like, oh, you just passed that last little threshold to score yourself some more points, and it was really cool. Yeah, I think my favorite part is well, the scoring is cool. The uh, how you have to do your actions and like line them up so you you can't just do whatever you want. You have to do them in certain yeah, and then how at the end of each round, the actions you take, those tiles will flip. And there's a different action. It's the same action on the opposite side, which is one of the scoring tracks. But then the 
actions on the bottom of your board slide off and you'll actually get to upgrade one of those tiles into a better tile and then those get mixed up and put on top of your action grid that's probably my favorite part yeah it's really satisfying that whole board works and upgrading them and everything throughout the game but yeah that is wendake tim what do you think of this one i still want to try it and that's all i can think of it 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 sounds (laughs) cool uh it's kind of one of those games that i really haven't heard much about it outside of our group no, there's not a whole lot going no, on. No, I just it. it seemed like it kind of came out and just kind of faded, and I, I guess I'm really not sure why. It looks good. I've heard good things about it. Oh, it's just one of those. There's so many good games out there, and it probably didn't have a yeah hot designer or just a big thing when it came out, so it just kind of floated away. That's from Renegade, right? Yeah, I mean they brought it to the U.S. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. No, it's it's one I want to try for sure. So I guess one of the ones that I played at Origins without you guys, it was a game by Thunderworks Games that was Cartographers. Um, so this is your first flip and write, or yes, roll and flip, or <laughs> basically in that yeah the roll and write the flip and write kind of the same thing you do, either you roll dice or you flip a card and then you draw in. So in Cartographers you does the genre live up to the hype, Tim? Uh, well I guess I'll explain the game first and I'll get to that. All right. So I want a little sneak peek, but no, I'm uh, I'm okay. I'm gonna make you wait. I'm gonna dangle that uh, dangle the carrot for you. All right. So <laughs> I'm chopping at it. <laughs> so basically, what you do is one player flips over a card, and you have to determine where you're gonna draw that shape on your little player map. So you're kind of fitting pieces together. You have like different goals you're trying to do. Like I think the one we had was we're trying to get squares basically on the top and the side and then you score bonus points when the season ends and then also we had to do we'd have like forests in a certain shape and then you score bonus points and with that you also (laughs) this does not sound like it's on my alley (laughs) the the other the other thing is uh once in a while you'll flip over an enemy so, like, a goblin might show up. So what you do is you pass the your map to somebody else. They draw in the enemy. And it's then wherever they want. Their... Wherever they want, mm-hmm. yeah. So they're kind of, like, screwing with your map. So then what you have to do is you have to, like, encircle. <laughs> you have to encircle the monster or goblin, whatever it is, mm-hmm. uh, to be able to generate. Otherwise, they steal, I think, money from you. Or, be a hop goblin, possibly. Yeah, or points from you later. And yeah, that's kind of the gist of the game. You play through a full year, so you play through all the seasons or something like that, um, something along those lines. And yeah, I guess it was what I expected. You flip yeah. a card and you draw a shape, and then you flip a card and draw a shape, and it's just okay. There's some strategy to it, though. Your placement, I guess. Yeah, you're because each. I mean, trying e- to help them out here. Each shape has like a different. Maybe it's like. Each shape is like a, either a city or woods or mountains or different type of terrain. So you're putting that out on the board. So, yeah, there's like certain placement stuff you're going for. But to me, it doesn't sound, I mean, I obviously didn't play it, but to me, it doesn't sound like the decisions you're making during the game are that meaningful or interesting or the gameplay of the game itself isn't that exciting. 
those are the two things I probably look for most. Either I make interesting mm-hmm. decisions mm-hmm. or the gameplay is just fun and exciting. Yeah, it was, yeah, I don't know. I didn't, Okay. I don't know. So it, it gonna, was what it was, you know. You're gonna try another roll and write, and perhaps this one gave you a bad representation with the flip and write. I imagine it would be about the same because, I I think in my opinion, I would think that whether you're rolling dice or flipping cards, you're still doing a random act. Yeah, and whereas then, with the dice, you feel like you're you're it's more tactile. You feel like you're, and more engaged in the game. I guess maybe that's what people really get maybe, into. Maybe I don't know. I. I've been hearing a lot that a lot of people like cartographers. Hmm. Okay. People well. were really amped up about it. But I don't know, maybe just rolling rights, flipping rights, they're not really my thing. Probably not mine either. I'll find out one day. We know you will. Yeah, we... <laughs> <laughs> You'll walk in with a slew of like six of them someday. I was right, thinking guys, about check it out. I was thinking about picking one up <laughs> just to give it a shot. It's like ten bucks, fifteen bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll see. You could pick it when we're split. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I'll still tr- I'll still try some other ones. Yeah, but, I'll try one. You know, it's just maybe that Gans Shans Cleaver. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually thinking about picking up Doublet. Okay, the second one. So clever. So yeah. clever. Mm. Twice as clever. Yeah, I would I would try another one, but I wouldn't seek them out. I guess is where so not where recommended. I'm at. Got it. I would recommend it if you like roll and write games. But okay. if you if you don't like roll and write games, it's not going to be for you, obviously. So, Tim, I got a question for you. Ooh. You played Pandemic Fall of Rome for the first time at a First Aid Origins. Yes. What were your thoughts during and after the game? I liked it. I like Pandemic. I think Pandemic Iberia is my favorite Pandemic, and I still think it is my favorite Pandemic. I think Fall of Rome is, I don't know if I like it better than Base Pandemic or not, but it's it's close to it. I I thought the movement of the enemies was kind of goofy, I guess. Their migration path? Yeah. yeah. It seemed, I mean, I didn't hate it or anything like that, but I guess I was thinking more of like Defenders of the Realm. Yeah, that, that seems a lot simpler. Where they're just, where they're there, then they're marching. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just not as streamlined as you would you that's, think yeah. when you're first doing it. That's that's what my my impression was. That was because we had played Defenders of the Realm. It's been a while, but we've played it, and I remember how smooth that felt. Where you're just marching. The only bad part of that was trying to find certain locations. <laughs> Can't find where they are on the board. Yeah, this one is a little easier to find them because they have them at least. Right, it shows on the cards on the card. where the location is, but I I still felt like it was kind of fiddly, how you moved the the troops along. I I like the battling. You gotta kind of it's it kind of added a little more strategy where you have to pick up your Roman legions. Yep. And move them. You can't just move your pawn and attack there. So, so yeah, I like that. Yeah, I don't know. I thought maybe I would like it a little bit more than I did, but I, I did enjoy it quite a bit. Maybe it's because we were losing. Uh, things escalated, and we just got blown away for well, a little while. Well, there was a uh, mishap in when we set up. It's, that is true. So messing the cards up a little bit and having to go back and fix them but also you're like hey let's step it up from last time and i'm like well last time we played at the yeah, like, hard we played level the easiest as far as like how many um 
Revolt cards. Yeah, revolt cards. Yeah, and so you were saying just put it up one from the base, and I thought you meant one from what we did last time. And I'm like, that's what I meant, but I thought right. last time we did it on the easiest. Yeah. So then it ended up being we put all of them in there. Yeah, I'm like, well, then we're in for a challenge, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> but we did all right. I think we made peace with maybe two of them. So, I mean, we didn't do good or anything. But yeah, that sounds smart. It wasn't like a five-minute game. Right. <laughs> boom, 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 lost. What are your thoughts on a rhyme? I know you're not huge on co-ops. Uh, it's okay. I mean, it's like the other pandemics about. I'll play any one of them, I guess. They're not my favorite. Which one do you do you def- uh, prefer, this or Defenders of the Realm? Probably Defenders of the Realm. Not by a whole lot, but I, li- I like in Defenders where your hero can kind of go off and do a couple quests or things like that. Yeah, that's right. And get those those cards that you get that do special abilities and stuff. That's probably the why I like. It feels a little more adventure but... Yeah, because each character is different, too. I like them both pretty close to the same, though. Mm-hmm. Aaron? I like it. Um, I like it better than Base Pandemic, that's for sure. I like the battling. I think that is what steps it up. You know, you got to think, do I want to leave some legions at this fort uh, to defend the city? And how many do I take with me? Mm-hmm. And I like the progression of, you know, the further you get in the game, the less amount of legions you can actually recruit on a turn mm-hmm. i like that i think i like i agree with you i think i like this in iberia maybe a tad more than base pandemic maybe but if i'm ever going to pick pandemic for me it's always just going to be base because i'm going to be teaching new gamers mm-hmm. a game i'm never going to actually pick it yeah. as a game type of thing but that's me yeah, that's fair i really like the look of the map it looks nice it's got that brown yeah, yeah, that antique looking. I don't like all the names of the cities that are these ancient cities. I oh man, put them in yeah. Conflapa Stupulu. You know, <laughs> I I have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> it's like a rapid response. You guys getting into that? Never even looked at it at Origins. I didn't try it at Origins. I wish I had. I have no interest. It's got real time. <laughs> yeah, you're out because of the real time. I if from, it's more than like. 30 seconds of real time. Um, <laughs> Escape is fine, but that's just a f- five or 10 minute game in itself. Yeah, this one's only supposed to be up to like 20 minutes. Yeah. But I, I, I'd I, like to give it a shot. I'm just, pandemic's just kind of wearing on me. It's like that Cthulhu <laughs> thing where it's just like, oh, another pandemic. Yeah. Again. This, this one was weird because there was like no announcement about it. It was just like, bam, boom, it's out there. Uh, but yeah. maybe that's just because it's a yeah, maybe a, bam boom it'll be gone. That's all <laughs> I can hope for. A, a, a lot lighter real time. Yeah. So we all got to try Flame Rouge. Yep. At Origins, what did you guys think of that one in the uh, filler racing genre compared to say Downforce and um, Camelot? I, Would you consider uh, that? That's more of a, I guess. Yeah, you could. It's like a betting Formula Day. That's what I'm thinking of. Okay. So this has been on my... Not Thunder Alley. No. This has been on my want to try, want to get list for a while. So I was pretty excited when Batiki, Batakai. Brian Ott. (laughs) Yeah. There you go. So I was pretty excited when Brian brought it out at Origins. And yeah, I I really liked it. I like the card play of it. Uh, If you kind of draft kind of like a bike race where you're working off each other and then the person in front is taking the most wind head on so to speak so you're taking yeah. fatigue 
So you're taking lower cards to put into your deck. So then at the end of the game, you have a lot of slower cards kind of bogging up your hand type of thing. Uh, yeah, I, I liked it quite a bit. I thought it was okay. Uh, I didn't feel like much excitement throughout the game. No, you know? not at all. Like, oh, we're going to get ahead by a little bit. Yeah, it's it's hard to really make a big push to get by people. Yeah. And, I mean, you don't, of course, want a runaway. You want no. it to be close and tight. But even when it is, it's just like, uh, well, take and win. Yeah, I'm with you there. I thought there'd be more excitement in it. And the whole time I was playing, I was just like, I'd just rather play Downforce and be yeah. done less half the time. Yeah, we did play at the full player count, yeah. too, though, that I'm sure. Yeah. And made, I, he said it's like the longest map I in the think game. It would probably be about maybe the same length, then. I'd just rather play Downforce. So what I love about that is just maneuvering the cars and screwing people over and hosing them and stuff. And, you, and your little special ability. Yeah, just, yeah, with this, just I wanted to play this, and I'm glad uh, nobody bought it. We just played it. <laughs> well, I'd play it again, but it just, yeah, it's just kind of there. Yeah. It's I'm like I, I feel like I get the same thing watching a bicycle race. Ooh. What's wrong, them go? What's wrong with watching a bike race? I have no interest in that. Yeah. <laughs> Tour de France is coming up. Ooh. Yeah. Who cares? I like the MotoGP. That's cool stuff, but So yeah, it was okay huh. for me. Same. I'd play it again, but I wouldn't be amped yeah, up about it. There's a lot of other fillers I'd rather be playing in that time. Yeah, it felt like a lot longer of a filler. Hmm. Okay, I guess I won't pick it up right away. Well, you can. I, <laughs> you can. I just pick about 30 other games for fillers first. You got pick days? <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> oh, I know. Just, like you said, Aaron, that was a good point. It just there was no excitement yeah. ever. It, you always move into the right or the left or whatever, and it's yeah. just, yeah, I don't know. Right down force, you have that. You just have that interaction where you're moving you're moving the cars yourself you feel like you have a little more control over it and Mm -hmm. screwing people over and jostling and all that in this it's like you play a card and you move what you move and that's it Mm -hmm. doesn't matter if you go right left you're always ending up on one side yeah i can i can see that the the turns don't really mean much Mm -hmm. you know the hills a little bit the, the downhills but yeah i can I could see where, you know, where you guys are coming from, where you, it's not as exciting as some other racing games that we've played. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm not in. I don't really care about racing in general. So, no, the theme so, doesn't do anything. So for if me, there's no, theme. if there's not excitement in it, uh, bleh, I'm out. <laughs> okay, I like the card play. Hmm. Yeah, I'm just kind of playing a card, and yeah, Anyhow. you play it and then you lose it for the rest of the game. So you got to kind of. Yeah. Determine. You have a bunch of all of them, so it wasn't really anything. It's scaled for each rider. Well, I know, but yeah. Yeah, you have enough of all of them where it's not like, oh, I blew my nine, I don't have another one. or. Yeah, you got a couple in your deck. Yeah. (laughs) I just didn't think it was nearly as good as, like, people are going nuts about it. Like that and Downforce, it kind of came out at the same time. Mm. Yeah. And one lived lived pretty close to the hype for me, and the other one just kind of flopped around. But that's all right. That is okay. winners, right, Tim? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I I would recommend it though. I would not. Hmm. I think you already know my point. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Wow, Tim really likes this, huh? Are you surprised? Kind of. After Thunder Alley, I, don't, I mean. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> He's really into the racing genre. For some reason. Yeah. He's a closet racer. I was a little surprised, actually, that you're, like, amped up about it because I just didn't care about it at all. It didn't seem like anyone <laughs> at the table was really, yeah. It wasn't any, like, stand-up moments no, but or like, anything, you know, like a racing game or something like that. You want a filler racing game, you're kind of figuring it's going to have some real excitement. Or Is there a lot of stand-up moments in Downforce? Well, there's excitement, like, oh, where's my car going to go? It's getting close to the end. Is it going to scoot past this person? Or I like hope that. this guy plays my car, you know. Yeah, move mine up. Because I've been betting whole hog on it. You can get it. You can get the game. We're not saying don't buy it. It's no, I, if, I, if I get a chance, I probably will. Okay, that's mm. fine. Yeah. It's fine. So get ready. I'll just not play it. <laughs> I'm fine with it. So I did have another chance to try a game that I've been interested in a while. And that was, I played a little demo of it, and that was Fog of Love. Mm. And it was uh, basically the premise is that you're playing like a love drama. Like a romantic comedy. Yes. So you have your like five cards in your hand, you're going to play one, and it gives you like an option. So it might ask for both of you to vote on something. So like, where are you going to go for dinner? You choose like A, B, C, or D, and then you put your token out, flip it over. If you match, you get certain benefits. If you don't match, you might get negatives to your little heart, love, compatibility thing. That's already annoying in life. (laughs) Trying to figure out? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You shouldn't have to figure it out, Aaron. You should just know. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. What was uh, I thinking? (laughs) Yeah, I I had fun with it, kind of joking around with the, the guy that was doing the demo for me. And it's funny because I came home and I had like a little flyer for it. I'd like to play this with our Arboretum demo guy. <laughs> yeah. Ragging on each other, arguing in a relationship the whole time. So I came home with a little flyer that they had on the table and Angela right away, what? You have to play that? So we looked it up. So the you could you can only get it at Walmart.com. Mm-hmm. The regular cover, the male and female cover was like $55. The two female or the two guy cover mm-hmm. was only like 20 bucks. Well, yeah. So we got one and it came in and I got to say, I'm glad we don't do unboxing videos. <laughs> so the game like unboxing videos over audio or just, <laughs> <laughs> well, I know what you mean. So like, yeah, I know what like an means. unboxing <laughs> video of like a game, yeah, I know. right? I know. So because I got it, I tried to open it. And it's it's got like a slip cover. Oh. And I was trying to get the slip cover off. I could not get it off. Like I could not slide the bottom of the box out from the cover. Uh-huh. It was glued in there or something. So as I'm trying to pull on it, I'm shaking the box. I'm briefing on it. Eventually the end of the box just rips open. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, I could show you later, but I completely tore the end of it off so I can grab the tray and slide the tray out. <laughs> so so I contacted customer support, and they're sending me a new copy. Oh, nice. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, me and Angela played it two times now. They have, like, an introduction scenario where you go through, and that was obnoxious because the game's simple, mm-hmm. and it would be... Yeah, I gotta act like you're, like, a little yeah. five-year-old. Yeah, so... In each deck, it's almost like a legacy deck where 
every like four cards they have a new card that you flip over and you read like a new rule oh this it's oh. a new and exciting rule you got to learn. Yep. Can you comprehend it? And <laughs> even Angela, it took us a while. You know, the kids are running around. We were trying to play this, like, intro scenario, flipping through, and it was just, like, obnoxious. Mm-hmm. I wish they didn't. I mean, I guess we could have went through and, like, taken the cards out and just played it straight up. Uh, and then we played these, the, the actual second scenario, the first scenario in the game. Uh, we played through that, and it was just kind of funny. She was trying to think of what I would answer and I was like just trying to match up what my character would benefit from with these little cards and stuff so she was getting all pissed because I wasn't answering the way I... <laughs> <laughs> you were playing to the character yeah. she was playing to you yeah yeah it was, it was fun so it sounds like one where the gameplay isn't that good but it's fun kind of just predicting what the other person you're playing with might guess. And yeah, because back and forth. There's just thing. like different zany things. So like one of them, one of the cards was like crocodile tears. So like my character was crying, so she had to like choose what, like how to respond to it, and she was like, "Yeah, just get over it." <laughs> you know. So there's like different, just yeah. funny things okay. like that. You can kind of role play it a little bit in mm-hmm. in a sense. So. Yeah. So it sounds like a fun little comedy. Yeah, it'd be. It, would, it might be kind of interesting to play with you two <laughs> to see how our, our characters are. Aaron and Marv test it out. Oh, boy. Oh, we should have the Wet Bandits play it together. Yeah, they're, yeah. Uh, yeah, that, so that's Fog of Love. It's more of a an activity, in a sense. Uh, the mechanics are fine, but it's not what brought me into it, I guess. So one I'd like to ask you guys about is one I don't think you're so hot on, kind of like me and Aaron weren't on Flame Rouge, but... Lorenzo Il Magnifico, you guys both got a chance to try that out. Yeah, we did. Um, what'd you guys think of that one? It was interesting. I like the so you you have different cards that you're you're kind of getting throughout the game, and you're starting to like build your engine, so to speak. So I, I like that. I always like engine building games, so it was kind of cool where you're getting different stuff and yeah, it's like you're two kinda, engines. Yeah, kinda, yeah, literally, and, there's. But then you you Engines. have to you have to actually go to the spots to trigger those to activate. Yep. Uh, so I agree with you. The rule book is really bad as yeah, far as it's where kind of the, all over the place. Yeah, the the special characters, the leaders. Yep. They're just all over. They're not in any sort of order. No, I don't not, get what they. It's not an alphabetical. It's not any anything. And it's just really obnoxious. Yeah, but I was I was surprised. I wasn't sure what to expect from this game, mm-hmm. but. Uh, I liked it. I'm not like super high on it, but yeah, yeah it, it that's was kind of how I am. I I enjoy it. I'll play it every so often. I'm not crazy about it, but I do enjoy it. It's I would probably like it a little bit more if the rule book and the yeah is organized <laughs> and if the gameplay gets better with the expansion. There's, there's basically another tower, and it mm-hmm. has cards, a whole new deck, and it's cards of all the colors is in that tower, and then there's also basically you're bidding in the beginning of the game for your resources and everyone gets a super powerful ability that they have throughout the game as Mm -hmm. well as there's these special tokens you can get and you can use them for various things but they also have give you different resources and faith points stuff like that as well i I really liked how the towers differed you know they the different colors corresponded to different things you're doing in the game and how high up you go whatever if other people are on that tower you have to pay I liked all of those mechanics, and 
I wasn't, you know, I didn't know what to expect because all I knew about this game going in was the name, you know. <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't know what to think. The name, and you knew the, like the face of the guy on the cover. Yeah, yeah, basically <laughs> that, that classic face. Yep. Um, <laughs> but I did like it. I, I liked how the engines were actually like you're running your what is it like a sawmill yeah, or you something like that. Yeah, your fields that you're harvesting, and then you're running your uh, machine basically. Yeah, which. Is, and that felt really cool, especially when you started to get good combos later yep. in the game. And what are those, what are those special cards, the leaders? Yep. Um, so I like that you could spend them, but I, like, I only got to en- ended up getting to play one of them. It yeah. And it, it took it was the very last round I had that ability. Yeah. But I, I mean, it didn't it didn't actually feel tacked on though. Like as soon as you said that, like. I was like, oh, that's just a thing. And then I started spending them. I'm like, oh, there they go. But it hurt to lose them. I was yeah. Like, it varies from game to game. Sometimes I'll get none out. Sometimes I'll get three out. You know, it all okay. It all depends, you know. But I liked how you, you, you have your different pawns based on the uh, die colors. I like that and how everyone's are all the same. Like, you roll the dice and that's what your everyone's green worker is. That's what everyone's black one is, you know. Yeah. And there's, there's a good bit of... Orange dice mitigation yeah. in the cards and that's cool i gotta say though i i really like how they did that where you one someone just rolls the dice yep. and that's what everyone's die everyone's is. worker is because sometimes that that throws me off once in a while as far as like gameplay when you roll your own dice and those of your actions that you have and then everyone's different everyone has different ones yeah. so mm-hmm. i i really like how they did this in this game everyone's beholden to the same Die roll type mm-hmm. of thing. Was, yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah, that's uh, Lorenzo Il Magnifico. That's interesting. You guys actually liked it more than I thought you guys would have. Oh, yeah. 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 So one that I know Tim Aaron doesn't want us to talk about, but got to mention it. That's fine. Um, <laughs> this was the second trick-taking game we played at Origins. Yep. And that was the new one Aaron picked up, and that is Goris Maximus. Yeah. Not Decimus Meridius. <laughs> yeah. But, Aaron, what'd you think? Well... I think that this game might be good <laughs> as teams. <laughs> at three players, yeah. I mean, what we're all going to say here, at three players, you knew you were getting that negative four-point card, like, immediately. as soon as I won the first or second trick, and I immediately got, like, two negative fours or something, and I was just like... Yeah, I... Why do I even play anymore? <laughs> I've lost. Yep. Yeah. What's the point? I, you Basically, you don't want to take a trick until... All those eights, those negative four cards are gone because. But then somebody but, somebody holds on to it, and you yeah. know it's coming. Yeah. And all you have is a twelve in your hand. Okay, well, I'm gonna play the twelve. Yeah. Okay, play your negative eight, and they play your negative four. Then play your eight card, and it just. And there's a couple what one twos and three pointer ones, but negative four is the yeah. highest. Besides the one card of each suit is a zero, or if it's Trump, it's worth five. Yeah. So there's one card that'll be. Yeah. I don't know. That'll just, barely get you out of that it, negative four. Yeah, I just, I don't know. We played it a couple times. No, we just played once. We played the one time. Yeah, it's it just a, yeah, a series yeah, of rounds. Whoever, yeah. But yeah, um, I would not recommend this game. Um, for three players. For three players, for sure. If you're trying, I'd say if you got four or six, try it in teams before you buy it. We haven't tried it yet. We're hoping that's a little bit better because yeah. right now it's a stinker. But <laughs> both of you hit it right on the head. That negative four completely destroyed the game. This is annoying. Because the first hand that I had, I was I 
I was a first person to play a card. I play a card instantly, negative four, negative four. <laughs> oh, great. I, I won the trick, and I got yeah. negative eight points on my first card. Yeah. You're already out of that. Yep, so I'm out. out so I'm just going to sit here and play cards for no reason. Yeah. yeah. Because there's nothing else I can do. I can hope to maybe get the zero or five and then hope that it's the Trump suit. Right. Yeah. For a game to have a negative four in there and have scoring cards that are so low, ones or twos, and maybe a five, I don't I don't understand why there's a negative four. And most of the cards in the game are just nothing. Yeah, you almost know. all yeah, there's there's only a few cards that are positive points. Yeah. yeah. So it just Maybe well, it's maybe it's something we're missing with the team. I definitely want to try it with teams. Yeah, and then I'll you know give my final stamp to it. But right now it's not good. No, it was a very bad taste. The art, I love the art. Fantastic art. It's fantastic. Not, uh, not something you want to show your kids, but <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very gruesome. Yeah, cartoony, but very gruesome. Yeah, it makes me think of that game. I don't know if you guys played it, but like on Xbox, um, Castle Crashers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, that's immediately what I thought yep. when I saw it. And the components no are good. No fart jokes or anything. No, but like, no. <laughs> I like the, the, the chips gore. for yeah. the, yeah. Uh, who, you know, how, how many, many tricks you yeah. won or how many rounds you won. Yeah, that's I fine. Guess. Uh, but, yeah, it. I like those. Everything looks good about it. What, what was the for, one thing that was... Chintzy with the components. Was it the first player marker or something? No, no, it's the uh, the like Trump indicator. It, yeah, yeah, the tr- yeah. It was, it was like, like a little sliding thing on the card. On the card. It like the card. Yeah, the card was like bending <laughs> all over the place. Could have got the premium edition. And it, was, no. it was like everything Don't else with that. the components was fantastic, and then <laughs> yeah. that was. But yeah, that's uh, it's a little rundown of Goris Maximus. Stay tuned. We'll uh, let you know next time what we think. Once we get some team play in, Aaron, you get anything? Brand new in recently? Sushi roll? Is that what, what you're talking about? I am. What'd you think? <laughs> I liked it. It was uh, real light, but I I enjoyed the whole like chopstick part the best probably. Like just robbing people oh, of their the die they yep. need and you know getting something you actually need, and you're not really swapping anything from someone just to mess with them. You yeah, know, I did like, it once, but it was yeah. at the end of the game. I had chopsticks to spare. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and they're only half a point each, essentially, yeah. so like, just spend them. But I don't know. I like the dice. They're nice, and um, the board is simple. Would yeah. you rather play Sushi Roll or Sushi Go Party? I think there's enough space for both in my okay. repertoire. <laughs> I think if I'm feeling like rolling some dice, I'll play the dice game. If I'm feeling like drafting some cards, I'll do that. Sushi Go Party does give you more options, and so that is where it uh, has the upper hand because you can build all these different meals, and there's different opportunities for scoring. So what I'm hoping with Sushi Roll is they come out with some like inexpensive, just add some extra dice, add a couple extra boards kind of thing to give it that Sushi Go Party feel versus a Sushi Go feel. So that's my that's my take. Gotcha, gotcha. We busted out Zulkin yesterday morning, the beginning of game day, and it is one I need to play more often. I really enjoy this game. I like how meaty it is and how quick it plays. Hour hour and a half for a, a pretty heavy, you know, worker placement type game and whatnot. Um, but yeah, it was me, Marv, and Michael, and it it was pretty close between all three of us, and I got the insert. 
from Maple Reality, so you know I had to show that off a little bit. Oh, mm-hmm. is that is that what it was? <laughs> it reinvigorated me to play the game again. I guess you'd say. Okay. But yeah, it uh, it's a good one, and I look forward to playing it more. Um, I think it's definitely one. The more you play, definitely the better you're gonna get at the planning and timing of it, because it's all about timing in the game. So yeah, just wanted to throw that one out there. Now later that night, Aaron, we got a chance to play Clans of Caledonia. Now I've played that one. We did. I have not played with more than two, though, and that was interesting for me. I want to hear your thoughts first. I thought the game was really good. It offered up a lot to a lot to do. I liked all the upgrades, you know. For Even during income. the game, you're pretty early on. You're like, wow, there's actually some good. There's some decisions to make in this one. Yeah, like, yeah. I I noticed. I was like, and how I discovered <laughs> this, like, man, there's some good decisions to make was by messing up yeah. hugely. <laughs> twice in a row yeah it was basically <laughs> you screwed up the first turn and then like either at the end of that first turn or early in the second round or something you made another critical mistake yeah and it i had to like completely swap my strategy and it put me way behind yeah but i still felt like i was doing stuff throughout the game you know even though you guys are way ahead i i didn't check out yeah you know i i wanted to like play with things and see how what i could manipulate for any kind of favor in this game Mm -hmm. but i was doing it to like prep for my next play because i would i would like to play this game again i I won't talk about what i messed up (laughs) we won't get into the specifics but regardless it was fun and you know both of us made mistakes right in the beginning by not placing close enough to those like oh the harbors bonuses that you can get those bonuses that you can take once a game i was in the middle of the map on both counts <laughs> and my one guy actually got completely swamped by you and marv yeah we, so like it was just one miner on a mountain doing nothing yep <laughs> getting you some money getting but me a little money somehow he was transporting the money back yeah. to you but it was good mm-hmm. i liked it yeah, i liked the market track too that was cool how you manipulate that yeah. yeah it's a lot of fun i like how the contracts work early in the game you know you're kind of getting mm-hmm. some money for them and then later in the game you actually got to pay to get them yeah and I enjoy the scoring with those. With there's three different goods, basically tobacco, cotton, and sugar. Yeah. Whichever one's been uh, exp- or whichever one is on the most contracts, they're gonna go up. And that one's worth the least at the end of the game. And the one that's not exported as much is worth more. Mm-hmm. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah, I like that on the track that they you count them up the track like that. Mm-hmm. I liked it um, significantly significantly more with four than when I had played with 2 too, just because the map is more crowded and there's more of those neighborhood bonuses and, like, oh, I want to make sure I build there before, you know, Marv gets there or someone like that. Yeah, I could see how it, too, it would be a little lacking in that front. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's one I'm uh, I'm inspired to pick again sometime, hopefully. But, yeah, that's uh, Clans of Caledonia. I'm inspired for you because this is <laughs> one I haven't played. Well, yeah, right when you bust a box out, I'm like, oh, man, I've been, yeah, I've wanted to play this. And that box is tiny like mm-hmm. how packed it is because it's like real narrow but you could i can see the, the similarities how people say it's kind of uh Tiramisca or gaia project you know lighter yeah but yeah some similarities like with the map placement the worker or the people out and yeah it's kind of like the federations in gaia project things like your, that and yeah and then whatever you put out there you're getting income from those things you know yeah things like that but then it's different as well with like the market and how that Mm-hmm. contracts and all that stuff but you got like the end of round scoring you know certain things you'll score at the end of each round 
So yeah, the I guess the last one I wanted to talk about was Give Me the Brain. Oh that yeah. It's <laughs> a nice little filler that uh I wouldn't say nice, but that's a little filler that Johnny uh <laughs> wanted to play. And, we, we played uh, this at CincyCon, was it? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. That was the first Forgot time. all about it and Hopefully I can forget about it is again. That, I was going to say, is there a reason you forgot about it? Yeah, it's pretty mindless and pretty pretty bad. I, it's been a long time. Can you refresh me on how to play? Everyone gets dealt, gets dealt a <laughs> hand of cards. There's a die on the table, which is the brain. Mm-hmm. Um, you bid for the brain, and then whoever gets it starts the round. And if you have the brain, you're able to then play pink and orange cards instead of just orange cards. And you can play two hands worth. It kind of keeps going until someone plays a card that says, oh, bid on the brain again. Um, the winner's going to be someone that runs out of cards, and then at some point the round has to end when you have no cards, and then you win. Yeah. So, That's the game. So I I didn't hate it. No, I didn't you know, hate I, it. I thought it was no, just a really, but... really light, obviously not much to think about. And the and cards are it, trying to be funny, but they just weren't. It, it's more of, <laughs> yeah, it's true. You have to kind of create the slapstick, yeah. you know. Like Marv got his hand completely emptied, and we're all just like, "That, that ain't gonna yeah, he's happen." He's got a smug little look on his face, <laughs> thinking he won, and then we just shuckled some cards over to him. Yep, and you gave him two. I'm like, "Oh, if you didn't, I was at least gonna give him one." So <laughs> yeah. we we had it. Yep. And I think you ended up winning, right? You yeah. Kinda, it was kind of funny how you like played it, and you instantly ended the round, yep. or something like that, with the card. But exactly. the last card I played ended the round, so thus ending the game. Yep. So yeah, um, knew what to expect and got about as expected. So not a whole lot. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. I, I'll yeah, I'll when, play it when, again when Johnny minutes. picks it next Once year. Once every two years, uh, yeah, I'll play it. Yeah. Anything else uh, you guys have been playing recently? Not really. Not really. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what else did we play yesterday? Mainly because I missed most of game day, or mm-hmm. pretty much yeah. all of it. I came pretty late. I had a family thing going on so i i showed up for sheriff nottingham mm-hmm. yeah we did play that again and uh yeah that's always a good time i do like it i think the first few times i played i significantly enjoyed it more than i do now i still enjoy it i still mm-hmm. like it because i like role playing it and whatnot yeah it's just so much funner when people are lying like if people are always <laughs> honest it's just more it's more boring <laughs> i think for me so i marv won right yeah would, uh, he had one contraband. Other than that, did he even lie? I know he fa- he got super lucky at the end because his yeah, last, the last two turns. Two times he drew. Yeah, I was going to talk about that in table talk. Yeah. <laughs> so stay tuned for that. Well, it was. Uh, yeah, we can wait to talk. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. It yeah. was such a significant. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't. It doesn't bother me. Like in this game, whatever. I'm. I'm there to have fun. You know, joke around. You know, me. I snapped everyone's bags early i ended up actually running out of money and i was yeah, paying goods yeah. off to, and it's fine i i'm having fun with the game i just i wish it encouraged so there's more incentive to lie more get more contraband in or something like if the contraband was worth more yeah whoever has through. the most contraband gets like a big point bonus or something just something you know i'm kind of surprised because they have the king and queen bonus for, for everything else except for yeah, well, like maybe you get like a black market bonus for having the most contraband type yeah of thing. Well, I mean, there's the bonus cards in the contraband, yeah, but like, like you, counts as three apples. Yeah, there's that. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. I like it. It's just like... Well, 
well, I got so screwed in the beginning. My entire first hand was all contraband. I yeah. turn in five out of six. I get one legal good back. I'm like, well, I guess I'm going for it. And yep. Tim snaps my bag. I'm like, well, uh, not doing that anymore. <laughs> but yeah, all in all, it's a fun little filler. Always a good laugh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you guys want, we can talk very quickly about the Origins Awards because we were there and we didn't. We did not vote. We did not vote. We did not go to the show. Uh, but big surprise, the best board game, Root. Yep. Wow. Uh, I'd have to disagree, but keep going. <laughs> the best <laughs> card game, you got to guess, was uh, the one that you got and never play again. Is that not able to be Keyforge? Is that like last year or is that two years ago? Is that a nominee? The best card game? Yeah. yeah. Is that what you just said? No, the <laughs> I just have the winners. Yeah, well, I just didn't know if it was a nominee or if it wasn't eligible. I don't remember if that was a year or two years ago. Oh, it doesn't. It's not on okay, here. Okay, so, sure. all right. Uh, it's the mind. The uh, mind. Yeah, didn't okay. it like get nominated for Kenner yeah, or something? Yeah. Okay. The best family game, the T Dragon Society card game. Okay, I I kept seeing that, that box around. Well, that was by um, I th- believe it was by Restoration Games. Was it old? No. Is it Restoration or I don't know. Uh, Ren- Renegade Games. Renegade. Renegade. Yeah. I, it was, I didn't see it at their booth. Well, I saw it at other it's booths. It's an Origins winner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the best collectible card game was Keyforge. Okay. So there's that. And then the rest are just RPGs and different stuff All like right, that. So, so a big flop on that. There's the Origins gotcha. award. Root. Um, God, why do people like that so much? I just don't get it. I like it, just not as there's much a guy as everyone else. in the library who's like, Pumping the box around like a boom box, like, <laughs> looking for players. Really? And, yeah, no one was taken. It was played a lot. At oh one, yeah, I saw at it one point. Lot, I think we but... were we were playing Tricarion. I looked around. There's like three tables near us with people playing the game. I probably would have looked around and saw a lot of miserable faces. <laughs> <laughs> I just yeah, there's some uh, there's some disconnect there. I just don't get. It's missed for me. I I see why people like it so much, but I just don't. I just don't enjoy it. Um, were their boards uh, pretty straight, or were they just? I didn't look. All, I didn't look that close. Worked all the shit. I, I didn't look that close. Okay. <laughs> Did you see there's a new Clank expansion coming out? Uh, yeah, Aaron. Yeah, uh, I was ticked off. <laughs> <laughs> I like. I think the theme looks cool and everything, but it's like you got like five for Clank already and one for Clank in space. What the heck is this? I think just maybe Clank is easier to get into and more people have it. But yeah, there definitely should be a Clank in space one. Yeah, that surprises I, me. Yeah. There's when I one. saw that, I was like, oh, Clank, yeah. Clank, regular Clank expansion. Cool. <laughs> it's like something about the monkey lords or something. Yeah, something like that. You got the Temple of the Ape Lords. No, it looks more oh. like Indiana Jones. Like a new board or something. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know much. About, I saw the picture of it. Okay. And, and little like, ape What else meeples. you got for news, Tim? That was all my news. All the Tim news? Yeah. Got it. <laughs> table talk of this week. Yes. Let's do it. Let's do it. So this week's table talk <laughs> is winning and losing in board games. So, Aaron. Yeah. Do you think you do a lot of winning or losing in board well, games? Well, see, I'm jacked up about this one because <laughs> I, like, 50% of this topic is all me. So, like, I got a lot to talk about here. <laughs> Well, start us off. What uh, What are your thoughts on it? Well, how would yeah? How would you say starting out winning or losing? Does it affect your thoughts on a game at all? I had that very same question. All right. So, I think if you play a game, 
a ton of times and you just continuously lose and no matter what you do you can't figure out the strategy to to beat it maybe that's just that game just isn't for you you know what i mean it depends i kind of agree but i kind of disagree if as well. i if i'm always getting mopped up and i never feel like i have room for improvement and mm-hmm. that's frustrating but if i'm like I'm getting close to winning, or I feel like I can get better. I think, okay, I need to try a different strategy, or I need to just play better. Yeah, that inspires me. Yeah, inspires me to. No, I agree. Think more. Yeah, because I can definitely lose in games, but I still enjoy the process. Yeah. Of the mechanics, of the theme, or the art, and all that stuff, or just being with you goofballs the whole time. Right. But you had a really good point. If I'm getting just destroyed in a game. Mm-hmm. Every time I play it, it takes away from a little bit. I still, I'll, I'll still enjoy the game, and all that stuff. But it does, it stings. Yeah, but like you had mentioned, Aaron and Caledonia, you, the three of us were close, and then you were way behind. Oh yeah. But you realized the mistakes you made. You saw where you have room for improvement, and it didn't hinder your enjoyment. I think you know. No, yeah, I was okay. just going to agree. Absolutely. I think obviously everybody wants to win and strives to win and they have fun when they win yeah um so we all like that and obviously no one wants to lose um i think for me once in a while maybe i get a little bit butthurt like if i lose or something mm-hmm. but then i'm usually over it after like a minute or two of, yeah it's, you know, it's you, you not kinda, so right you're over it fast and you're like you know that was really fun i really liked it yeah you know some guy came storming back at the end that's that's exciting. Yeah, those are always cool stings, but... even when it's not you storming back if mm-hmm. you know all of a sudden marv comes tearing up or it's tight between everybody or yeah. something like that. Or, I mean, it's fun to win sometimes, too, when you blow everyone out because you just, everything just kind of clicked. You Everything worked. You had a strategy in your head, and it just kind of all fell together, and you just romped everyone. How do you feel? So, like, if you're just completely blowing everyone out and no one's even close, and you know almost halfway through, how do you feel about those kind of games, though? It depends. If other people at the table are having fun, then it doesn't take away my enjoyment. But if they're kind of... So the last time we played Anachrony, I blew all you guys away. Yeah. Now that one, it kind of lowered my enjoyment because I could tell you guys were miserable, <laughs> not having fun. But if you guys, if everyone's having fun and still engaged in the game and trying their heart, you know, all that stuff, then it doesn't bother me as much because, you know, they're still enjoying it. I'm still enjoying it. I just happen to have a good strategy that happened to work out this game. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, well, no, go ahead. So something for me is... I don't always want to win either. Like, So Scythe, for example, we played, I don't know, 13, 15 games or so. I know, Aaron, you won one of the earlier ones. Yeah. And I, other than that, I just would always win. And it's true. It's just one of those games, whether it was by luck or whatever, but I just, every time, and I was like, I really like this game, but I don't want to win all the time. You're, you're, you're almost getting bored with it? Because... Yeah, exactly. And then the last time we played, Tim, you ended up winning, and beat me and i was like so happy like <laughs> i was like relieved yeah. and happy i was like yes you know like mm-hmm. i feel like now okay he beat me now next time i gotta go back and top him you know you want some throwing back type of, you know what i mean yeah you want some tougher competition mm-hmm. you know you don't want to just do it and win and go through the motions you want someone right on your neck and yeah like it would even probably be exciting for you if someone was like a point away from yeah exactly if you it's won real... like a point away yeah so that that was that was cool, that, you know, that reversal and whatnot. So, mm-hmm. yeah, like you said, you don't always 
you don't always want to win either. It always feels like the longer, heavier games, they're the ones that sting the most when you lose because you, you invest so much time into them. Like through the ages, I'm terrible at it. I really like the game. I love the mechanics of it. I mean, everything about it, I enjoy. But it's almost like when you get to the end, if I'm just getting blown out and I know I have no chance, it could take away from it in that aspect. But it, it, it just kind of, I don't know. You're always, in that one, you're always, uh, you're out on top early. Yep. I always take a big uh, jump and then, and then everyone game it starts getting closer <laughs> and then by like the third age or the last age then you start <laughs> you're like scrambling yeah I'm, to... I'm just like scraping <laughs> I don't know that's true though I always get a big jump and then I Almost fade. every time yeah and then I fade because I think what happens is I always see those point you cards see where you can get points and, and I points and I just chase the shiny point cards mm-hmm. <laughs> even though they don't they're not gonna help me late in the game yeah and then you know there I am I, I need a closer <laughs> is what I need. Yeah, I mean, those can sting, those longer games like that, but a lot of times the game's just so much more engaging or your brain is more into it, you're thinking more, where, you know, you have that bad game, it's just you have more to think about, like, well, where did I go wrong or what you have more room for improvement mm-hmm. or areas that you can try different things in. I'll tell you what, though, when you do win those games, it's like... Oh, you feel good. Oh, you, you feel just, it, yeah. You spent three hours and then you came out... <laughs> You know, king of the jungle type thing. <laughs> you beat your chest. Yeah. yeah. So what about like one versus many games? Those are always fun because yeah, when yeah. you are the one person to win, the whole room's like deflated and you're like, we're packing it up like Spectre Ops or something like that. Yeah, you're dancing around, smiling. You actually like <laughs> managed to get your little agent out. Yeah. And everyone else was like so close from getting you. And it's like, you're all excited packing the game up and everyone else is like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then uh, also on the other side, too, when you're the group, it's kind of like, well, he was a hive mind, and we're kind of just a conglomeration of ideas yep. thrown out at each other, and we're just you're just trying to constantly beat him down and yeah. take him out. Yeah. Um, what would you say your favorite kind of games to win are? Any ones that I win. <laughs> <laughs> he wins so few. No, it, it feels a little less. You know, when you win a real light game, or like a party game or something like that. It's just like, ooh, I won, yeah, whatever. It's, kind it's of a, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's a little exciting. But when you win the bigger, beefier games, it, it feels a lot it better. It feels like a minor accomplishment. Yeah. yeah. Thing, I guess you could say. Yeah. I would I would venture to say like winning dominant species is that, like you're just amped up, especially like when me and your brother tied. Twice. Twice back to back. I lost the first time and then won the second because of food chain. Yep. It's like. It, you you sit so long and play a game like that, and you put so much into it, and for a game to come down to the end where you literally tie somebody, or even if you just beat them by one or two, where it's so close, those are like my favorite games to win. Where it's like you just you feel like you accomplished something. Like that should go on my obituary. <laughs> you know what I mean? It it is your identity. That is that is me. That game is like my holy grail, the game that I would like to win. <laughs> or not take like second to last. Yeah. No, I I would that's that's one that is a goal for me. Yeah. Yeah, there are there are certain games where it's like, man, I really I really want to win that one or mm-hmm. you know, the type of thing where you're kinda of shoot like heaven and ale. I think I won the, the first game I played purely out of luck, but mm-hmm. now 
I can't win it. I'm <laughs> so bad at that game, but I love it. Yeah. It keeps me coming back. Well, um, well, and another one like that for me was Concordia. Like, I I was like, eh, this game's okay. And, and I finally, like, came out and won, and I was like... <laughs> This game ain't I, that bad. I, huh? I, could, I could see how this game. <laughs> I take back what I said. <laughs> you know, because I knew it would get played in the group, I'm like, well, I, I definitely want to win this and... one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Finally did. Felt pretty good. <laughs> so I think everyone falls prey to it every once in a while is like a sore winner or loser. But overall, I think everyone in the group does a real good job of. Yeah. You don't like that. Sore winner ever, who's super brag. Yeah, we joke yeah. around like, oh, I won. Or, yeah, like, right. If if you don't win, you're like, wow, oh, this game's broken. We're kidding and saying <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, right. But I don't think anyone is a real sore loser no, or and, winner. And that's always a bummer yeah. when that happens. Because mm-hmm. that takes away from the person who did win. Or if they're super braggy about winning, it's like. Do you really want to keep playing with that person? Yeah, right. Exactly. And, you know, I think that's the benefit that we have because we, everyone in our group, we know each other yeah. really well. And, you know, we might see it if we venture out more and play with random people. And, you know, maybe then we see it more often. But, you know, yeah, we're, we kind of have that luxury of not, yeah, we're not someone, doing that. Someone starts actually saying, like, well, this game is stupid because of this, this, and that, because they didn't win. Type yeah, of thing. yeah. And just... Well, see, the nice thing about that, though, is, you know, these are random. I never have to see these people again. <laughs> I'm not stuck with them like I am you guys. That's true. <laughs> or, you know, if we did have somebody that kept showing up and bragging about always winning a game or just throwing a fit after losing, yeah. we just don't invite them back over. Right. We game in each of our houses, really. Yep. So it's not like we're in a public place. So we do, we could just not invite somebody if we ever encounter something like that. Yeah, exactly. So, go down the line here. What's a game, Aaron, that you really want to win, or another one that you're maybe uh, sick of winning? I don't know. It's... Sick of winning? <laughs> well, that's a thing. Well, well, what's one you really you're striving to win? Dominant species. Yeah, I would. That's that's up there. Concordia was kind of like that as well. Than I did, and it felt good. I, I would really like to win Scythe again. That's why the other day I'm like, man, I want to play Scythe again. <laughs> I want to, I want to give it another go. Um, give you a run for your money. Uh, I welcome it because <laughs> I had that one early on, and yep, that you was to like sign your name on the sheet or got, the achievement sheet or whatever it was. I'm one of three people on there, and <laughs> yeah. So those would be some of mine. Uh, I think that I would like to. I think Czar is probably a game I win the most. And I think it's just like I have more plays on most people. So, so you know the strategy. Like a little run you do, you do, you do. But I've played it a number of times with you too. Though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're more familiar with yeah. kind of how. And it's not to say that like Taryn's a bad player because every once in a while she does beat me. Yeah. And that's just as satisfying. Exactly. You know, so. How about. Yeah, what about you, Tim? I mentioned it briefly earlier, and that was through the ages. Right. You've won, haven't you? In on person, the, I don't oh, think so. On the on app. The, you've, on yeah. the app, that's different. It's, it is. It's a lot different playing yeah. it. Yeah, because we could get a game in table. like under an hour. Yeah, and mm-hmm. you don't know how much people are like really into kind of it. Or, yeah. And, yeah. So I would say the actual physical tabletop version of Through the Ages, where we sit down, we play for a few hours, that's the one that I want to win. And if I do, I might be that guy. 
and just like start doing backflips <laughs> on the <laughs> table. Yeah. <laughs> Give a little Ric Flair woo. What uh, what's a game you want to stop winning? <laughs> <laughs> That's a weird question, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know if there's a game that I that I really continually win. I don't, I, I don't even, I don't know. I don't so, have one. So that's like the first world problem of board gaming. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what, what game do you want to stop winning? <laughs> yeah, I, I I can't even answer that. <laughs> I I tried. I gave it Czar. Shobu? Because Shobu. I, I, I beat you once. Because you, <laughs> you won one of one. <laughs> that, that's the only one that comes to mind. <laughs> What about you, Ryan? Um, I guess one I'd like to win more often or win. There's two that came to mind. I'm tr- well, Heaven and Ale is one I'd like to do better at and win. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I guess it's been a while since I've won Terraforming Mars. I know Marv is pretty good at that game. He's good at the engine building type stuff. Whether It's <laughs> legit win right. or not. <laughs> yeah, that last sketchy play. But yeah, that's that's one. Maybe Architects of the West Kingdom too. I'd like to do a little better in that one. Those are the ones I, I guess come off the top of my head, coming to my mind. Also, uh, Robinson Crusoe or Spirit Island. Those are always tough to win. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Those are co-ops, so that's kind of a yeah. different. No, that's know, a good point thing, though. though. But those are the ones that off the top of my head. Um, and Aaron, I, I'm gonna try my hardest, but. I want you to win a little bit in sight in my mind, but I still want to win as well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but. That's but, something too. Like Sarah, kind of when we're playing, there's certain games where she's better than me at them, and it kind of goes both ways. And the ones where she knows I'm better at them, she'll always go, "Well, you're not." She'll she'll think she's doing really good, and she's like, "You're not letting me win, are you?" <laughs> and and I'm like, "No, trust me, I'm never gonna let you win. I'm gonna yeah. try because then when you do win, it just it's that much more satisfying for you. Like I did it, you know. Yeah, it's kind of the same when I beat her in some of those games that she's really good at. Right. But it's funny because she'll be like, you're not letting me win. I'm like, no. She's like, well, why would you do that? I'm like, it's part of my long-term strategy. Just wait and see. And then, like, she gets all cocky thinking she's going to win. And then, like, my plan will finally formulate. And she's like, oh. (laughs) That's such a crap thing to do, though. Like, let someone win a game. Unless you're playing with your kids. Well, right. That's Other than that, it's. Yeah. And you don't want to let them win all the time, though, because you got to teach them. You know, they're going to lose sometimes. You got to, yeah. It's life. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> We're used to losing in life. So. <laughs> but. So we had, unless you. Oh, yeah. That's all I. I wanted to bring it up about <laughs> game day and cheap wins. <laughs> so <laughs> we were playing Sheriff of Nottingham, and Marv in the last two rounds got five apples. And then the next round got five bread. By just a random draw. Random draws. He's drawn like four cards both times. Exactly. And so that pumped him up to the lead in both of those categories. He got the king bonus. And, you know, we snapped bag on him too because it's like there's no freaking way you have five apples. And then, no, you just had five apples last round. You don't have five bread. Yeah, how did you get? (laughs) And so we're paying him, and he's getting all these bonuses. And at the end, when we total it all up, sure enough, he won. And I'm just like, so how'd that feel, Marv? He's like, cheap. (laughs) The way he said it's like, so cheap. Like, he's pissed off. Yeah. And I, I don't know that I've had that experience before where it was like a super cheap win no i i had one you had one i want to hear at origins when we played port rail where 
I the, it was like the last turn. Okay. Where oh, that, I had a okay, yep. I had to push my luck. <laughs> that that it was it was cheap and no, did it work out though? I thought you were. I won. Short. Oh, you did. Okay. No, because I needed to buy. Like, I I needed three cards to be able to even have a chance of being close. Yeah. So I just pushed my luck and I happened to not draw the right ships. I had yeah. like five different ships on the board. Mm-hmm. So I was able to buy three cards and I had just enough money. <laughs> so it was like, oh, I I won. <laughs> so And I think you passed Aaron on that and, one. Yeah. So yeah. Like, I wasn't the one that got passed. But when I was watching this, that was really exciting for me. I was like watching you keep drawing. And I'm like, <laughs> he's, like he's still alive. He's still going. There. And I'm like, and then finally you drew that last ship when we were able to actually buy three cards off of the market row. And I'm like, holy crap. Like, <laughs> he so did for it. me, that was exciting. But I could see where you feel like it was just random. Yeah, because I was, I was just. That you happened to win. I was just getting smashed the whole game. I wasn't that close to having a chance at winning. Mm-hmm. So I went into the last round. It's like, okay, well, if I bust, okay, I bust. I'm going to lose anyways. And I just, uh, I'm just going to keep drawing cards until I can either bust or I can buy three cards mm-hmm. and it just happened the right way. And then I happened to win. It was like, Oh, I, I, I won. <laughs> well, yeah. So that felt really cheap to me. I was proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't seem proud at the time. No, no. Like really that. All right. Yeah. So what do you guys think about, you know, winning, losing aside, tying dual winning perhaps Ooh. or tiebreakers uh being the determining factor in your win if we tie at the end i always want a tiebreaker because it just seems it almost seems cheap like why why can't you throw a couple tiebreakers into the game mm-hmm. uh it is kind of exciting though when we go into like the third or fourth tiebreaker right but i still want a winner at the end of the game I don't want it to be like, oh, you tied on coins too. Oh, you tied on most buildings out on the map. You share a victory. So you don't want to dual win. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I got a little different take than Tim does on it. Um, I actually, if it's a longer, pretty strategic type game, I actually like when it's a tie, unless the tiebreaker is a clear thing that is more valuable than doing something else. Like, say it's random, like, most uh, most coins or whatever, that's a typical tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. If coins aren't that valuable in the game, I don't want that to be the first tiebreaker. You know what I mean? Where right. I'm actually okay in a lot of games. Like me and Michael ended up tying in a, a couple games ago on Great Western Trail. And I like that because it didn't put a... There's nothing in that game that really should be more valuable than anything else. Mm-hmm. Where it didn't bother me. And then when it comes down to like the third or fourth tiebreaker in some games, it's just, well, if you have more purple colored meeples than the guy to your left you win those right. kind of tiebreakers it just feel it feels feels cheap it feels real cheap so uh, it's give or take for me i guess i would prefer a tie if it's a longer heavier game unless there's a tiebreaker that like this is like really a valuable thing yeah where this is a tiebreaker like maybe turn order is important through the game and then whoever is higher in turn order wins or, mm-hmm. or maybe money's really important whoever has the most leftover money wins so I I can give her take or leave a tie. Okay. So what you know you talked about coins being having the most coins. Warsaw did it where whoever has the least amount of coins wins. So you, they're rewarding you for being more efficient is what I feel like in their tiebreaker. 
you think about that? Oh, like with the um, getting the different uh, statue things or whatever. Well, that called. too, but it's a, uh, is that the it's also end the end game tiebreaker is just having the least coins, and I feel like they are trying to reward you for being more efficient with your spending. Yeah, you try to spend your money instead of just hoarding it, type of thing. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, um, totally. I don't really. I guess I don't have a good answer for that. All right. Something totally off topic is I don't really like tying in Cosmic Encounter. Oh I, sure. I used to not mind that, but I. It's so much funner when you get that solo person winning because it's tougher. Mm-hmm. Or getting a dual win is a little easier. So. Well, in that game, it's more like, I'm gonna win. Who's coming along? Who yeah. am I gonna bring with me? That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Unless you can snake your way in at the last second. Be like, ha-ha, I win too. It, it is more rewarding to get a solo win in Cosmic, but I, I still enjoy the, the dual wins. Mm-hmm. But I see what you mean. Mm-hmm. That's a good question, though. That's all I got. Yeah. Well done, Schmidt. Hey. Yeah, thanks. So if you that, got an boy from Tim. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't happen very often. <laughs> hey, everyone. This is Tim coming to you from the editing bay here at dual win game studio we have an announcement to make and that is our winner of the champions of midgard giveaway alan was able to successfully answer the call congratulations to alan for winning that and thank you to everyone who entered and stay tuned for more awesome giveaways so if that wraps up our table talk of the week let's go on to our first review and that is Valparaiso. Valparaiso. Valparaiso was designed by Lewis and Stefan Maltz and published by Stronghold Games in 2018. Plays 2 to 5 players in 45 to 90 minutes. Valparaiso is a programmed simultaneous action selection game, I guess you could say. Players are picking cards from their hands and laying the cards face down in order of when to take one of the two actions listed on the card. The game will end immediately when someone gets to 18 points or at the end of a round when a C-slot card cannot be refilled. Players will do a little final scoring and the player with the most is the winner. During the game, players will be selling and collecting goods, transferring goods onto their ships and moving them trading overseas to gain new action cards, moving their merchants, building houses, as well as trading in the villages. The player who best uses these actions at their disposal will be announced victorious from all the rooftops in Valparaiso. <laughs> so what do you think about the uh, production quality in this game? The production kind of uh, kind of surprised me a little bit. Stronghold is kind of iffy on their mm-hmm. production a lot of times, and this one is real solid. Thick cardboard, you know, the player boards... Card quality's fine. Um, I thought the artwork is really nice. You know, I liked it. Yeah, yeah the, the player boards had no bendability, and yeah, that is a positive. Those <laughs> now, do you think if you uh, you tried to bend them, they just snap? Could that be a problem? I think that's the the show of a good player yeah. board. They snap instead of bend. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to try, but <laughs> yeah, I I agree with you, Ryan. It was I really like the production quality i like the art a lot the box cover looks cool mm-hmm. the the player the maps yeah i like to look the, the map board. looks good nice colorful yep and yeah it's just um top marks on the art and production i'll give it pretty high marks <laughs> it yeah it's fine top. it's fine okay so They're... maybe not top top <laughs> marks but it was one thing that really bugged me was the cube there was one cube. It's supposed to be gold, but it's just straight up orange. Like in the rule book, it looks gold. And then you pull the cubes out, and it's like pumpkin. 
Oh, okay. You know. That didn't um, bother me. I didn't notice it because I didn't see the rules, I guess. Oh, okay. Well, I saw, <laughs> as soon as I was looking through the components, I'm just like, that's not gold at all. But whatever. It's a minor thing. Well, it could be major if someone's trying to find gold cubes and they can't find them in the box. I mean, you can make the connection pretty easily. <laughs> <laughs> There's only three cubes. <laughs> Fair enough. How'd the theme come out for you, Ryan? What well, is the theme? What is the theme? <laughs> that was I was going to ask that same thing. I mean, it's just really trading goods, I guess, and shipping them. Yeah, I was moving my ship around, trading some goods off. Uh, I could travel around with my merchant and uh, make some trades in other towns and stuff. So, you know, it's there. It's very light on the theme, mm-hmm. but it exists. As far as a glue index, where would you put this? Um, the GI. Your your adhesive levels. I guess like a perforated piece of paper, but it's uh, <laughs> it's like half torn. Yeah, when you're pulling it off, it doesn't just come clean off. It just kind of half the whole page rips out too. Ooh, like the spiral notebook, and yeah. you try to rip the perforation, but you still get the fringe. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I'll say that. I don't okay. know if that means heavier light on the theme, but I barely felt it. But it was there. I yeah. can see where it's there. I would agree. Maybe I maybe I'm a little lower. Actually, I I, f- I felt it moving around trading goods, but it wasn't like yeah. It, I'm in Valparaiso. I'm on the beach now, and my mm-hmm. guy built a outpost, and at the end of the round, he has to go back because the outpost is there. And yeah, it, that that yeah, it, I agree. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't the theme. It, it wasn't the theme that brought me into the game either. No, it was the artwork and the box cover that brought me in. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Lacking, I think. Yeah, you is, could say that. Yeah. 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 A fair the, term. The art helps it, mm-hmm. but mechanically, not really. Yeah, I can Lacking. S- I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can see where the theme is in the mechanics, but I didn't feel it. Mm-hmm. No. All right, so what do you think about the gameplay in this one? I'll let the you gonna let me do it, Tim or Aaron lead off. I can I can be the lead off hitter. Right. Lead dog, Tim. Timmy speeds. Okay, so I felt like the best strategy was just half the game, and that was delivering your goods via boat. So mm-hmm. you play cards to get cubes, and then you load your boat move your vote into the sea space, trade in those cubes, bring your boat back. To get those cards that yep. give you actions, but also the end game points. Yeah, and those cards seem very powerful. I mean, in the fact that if you didn't go that route, it seemed like a disadvantage. So our first game we played, I didn't really focus on the sea spaces at all. Mm-hmm. I went mostly for the good tiles in the markets. The markets. And I didn't do very well at all. And the second game we played, I took second, but I mostly did the shipping and sending my goods out on the boat. I did a little building I built on the 
the little the other cities or whatever. Well, like, whatever they are. Not outposts even on. It was like the outpost. So not in Valparaiso. Right not on the map. So I built on the little outpost. So if you guys were gonna move through my buildings, you were gonna have to pay me. Mm-hmm. End up happening a lot. No one moved through there. <laughs> not so once. I built them there. It gave me. You get some points when you put it down. Yeah. Uh, what was it? Seven points I got when mm-hmm. I built those three outposts. But the main reason I put them there was so if somebody was going to move through, they'd have to pay me. And no one moved through. So it's like, oh, did I waste my time doing that where I could have sent those cubes or that money? I could have used that trading goods out at sea. Mm-hmm. Another benefit of those houses in those towns, right, is when you is at one of the market spots at X is another worker where you can. Yeah. Okay. You can so some of the tiles you can trade up goods. Up to four times. Yeah. Depending on how many workers and buildings. Exactly. Okay. Your building counts as one of the workers as long as one of your workers okay. is there. Yeah. But I, I still, after the games that we played, I still felt like the shipping was the best strategy because they give you more action cards, better action cards in your hand. So when you're planning your actions for the round, you have those. And it gives you points. So you can trade in those during the game to help push end game, or you can use them, well, even after the game ends, you still play them out of your hand to score points. Yeah. So it just just it just felt like, why wouldn't I just go that strategy and well, help push that? Well, Tim, you know, a lot of people say it's the journey, not the destination. <laughs> and I got to say the journey was equally yeah. disappointing as the say, destination. I, I, I didn't enjoy the journey that much. And... My last point I'll make is this game, it felt like, okay, I'm going to, basically all I'm doing is I'm getting cubes and then spending those cubes on cards or turning them into different cubes. Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't I just play one of the Sentry games? Or even Splendor. Yeah. That was my final thought of the game. That's that's a that's a brain scrambler right there. You got me thinking. <laughs> <laughs> but why wouldn't you just play one well, of the centric games? That's a good games? point, though. That's, that's uh, how I felt. Both times I played, I kind of did the same thing, especially the second game where I just did, you know, like we said, we load up the cubes, put them on your ship, you know, ship them out, get those cards. That's basically all I did. I would eventually, I would also, every turn, I would build in Valparaiso to get that income. Mm-hmm. Um, money never felt tight at all for me, ever. Like, I always had more than what I needed. And you always want to play a card on that extra slot that you can play a card to. you got to pay five coins, but I would yeah. always put my ten-coin one there. Or right, it's... so you're just netting coins. Yeah, and there was each turn I'd basically play all my cards to do as much of that shipping as I could, and then I might have an extra space or two just to do some random stuff, whether it was get more cubes or money just to help score some more points at the end. So each time, I think I kept, the second game, I kept one of those upgraded action cards, and that was the 2.01. All the other ones that were three points, I'd get. I never even used them. I'd just score at the end of the round with them just to try to push that end game as fast as I possibly could. Mm-hmm. I do feel you'd kind of mention, Aaron, that if maybe we play four or five more of the market spaces out on the map will get used. Mm-hmm. That would incentivize people to use the market more because they're getting flowed through more. So then those more powerful ones that score more points might come into play. So maybe that would help improve it. But I don't know. And then um, I think... Um, what was the other thing? I don't remember. 
I do like some of the ideas in the game. I like the idea of the program simultaneous action selection stuff a lot. Mm -hmm. Performing that. It wasn't really tough decisions though. I never like it was I basically knew what I was gonna do. I'm gonna like, you know, just rinse and repeat, load my goods, transfer them, move your ship, you know, get the cards. It wasn't like tough like, oh well do I do this or that first. It was pretty easy yeah no selecting them absolutely you know? and that that's why it's so silly they have that timer in there it's like oh you yeah. gotta think real quick about your actions i'm like yeah. i just i knew what i was gonna do anyways yeah I, I did it under a minute without a timer the, the toughest know? decisions for me were like the random card or two i'd have every once in a while like this isn't part of my strategy this is just extra stuff i get to do right which one do i play i mean the fact that they have the coins where you can pay a little bit if you did screw up I like and don't like that idea. I wish it's more forgiving, which some people will like. Mm-hmm. Overall, I don't like that. I'd like you'd have to plan ahead better, but it wasn't even hard to plan that anyways. No. So, but yeah, overall it fell flat for me. Um, I, I like some of the ideas of it. I like, but I just wish there was more interaction on the map, more traveling around the map where it just it did feel like the shipping is just just a way to speed up the end game and get to 18 yeah. before that market trading on the in the cities would it be viable enough because the good ones are more at the top where people have to trade a few times before they even become available to yeah. you and it's more random on if you're even going to be able to use those actions because it's more you're not sure what you're going to get or what's going to be available and i guess i agree with tim at the end there what he said i just rather play you know splendor or century spice road i wish there was more i wish there was more i could do you know i wish that they took some of these concepts and made it a little bit heavier of a game you know a little because there are good concepts in the game i like Like the concept of the houses i like where you can build in the city that gets you income and little one-time bonuses where if you build on the map gets you some points people got to pay you coins or got to pay more but people just didn't do it i like those mm-hmm. ideas maybe if there was a track couple tracks i could go up on <laughs> yeah. this this game would be all right <laughs> but yeah so I mean, you got uh, this at origins what were you what did you expect out of it did you know what to expect or not entirely there wasn't a whole lot on it and it looked really neat mm-hmm. uh, i like programming your actions ahead of time types of games and I thought the concepts, like we said, some of the concepts are cool, mm-hmm. but I just don't think they gelled. I think, I, yeah, we just kind of wanted, we wanted more out of the game, or you wanted them to, like, flow or come together better. Maybe yeah. Or more um, playtesting type of thing. I don't know. Probably. It just felt... Half-baked. It felt like, you know, this is what you have to do. Try to do it 1% better than everyone else. You kind of you like, know. There's not much room to do that much better than ever. The last game we played, I did a little bit. I shipped once. I built all my buildings. And then the rest of the game, all I did was try to generate money. I was like, I'll just see how this works. Yeah. And I ended up being, only being like two points behind Tim. Yeah. and I Who got second. Yeah. I was going to say, I was like <laughs> five or six points behind Ryan, too. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's- I guess you could say it's kind of like one of those games where you have this recipe and it's got a picture of the recipe and it tells you <laughs> what to do and this and that. It looks great. You know, mm-hmm. it looks awesome. And you end up making it and doing it. The dish comes out and it's just kind of 
tastes bland and you just <laughs> you, you screwed up part of the process or something maybe you know making the making your dessert or your dish mm-hmm. so i don't even i don't know who would you recommend this to someone who is getting into board gaming is someone that's good because it is that euro game that plays fast and is light and the strategies are very easy to grasp yeah and it's that's almost fair. it's, it's almost really, like a stepping stone to other games yeah yeah, because it shows you like introductory like action planning, yeah, and stuff like that. I could see if it's your one of your first kind of euros that you play where you'd really like it. Obviously, as you grow more, if you get into more strategy and more heavier games, this will fall by the wayside. But it's a good intro into it, maybe. Okay. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good point. Proud of you. <laughs> God, Tim's just full of it for us today. I got an attaboy. He's full of sunshine. We both know, got two uh, banana stars. <laughs> Golden banana stickers. I, I think the reason why is because I missed pretty much all game day, so I haven't seen you guys, so it, okay. you, you haven't worn on me yet. Oh, that's yeah. fair. That's fair. Yeah. All right, so uh, Tim, why don't you start us off with your rating? So my rating, I would put it at about six-ish. I'll just say a six. Um, it was... Okay, but I would just recommend other games. Yeah. Instead of this, I would say I'm real close with you. I would uh, that six-ish range. I'm gonna say six. I want to say six and a half because I do like some of the concepts in the game, but ultimately it just this uh, six, probably hmm. six, six and a half. I gave it a five and a half. Hmm. Um, I think that especially with our last play, like halfway through, I was just like, I don't. I see what I have to, I don't even want to do what I have to do. It's, it's, it wasn't that fun. It, no. It got to the point where you guys are you playing your card, you're playing your card, I just play mine, and it's like, yep, yep, played mine, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, because I'm a little you lower You didn't feel you. creative? No, yeah, there was no creativity. But like, I, I was like forcing it. I was like, I'm going to just go for money <laughs> yeah. now and see what happens because that's how I can be creative yeah, in this and, game. And maybe I'm being a little... A little nice on it because I do like some of the concepts. I like the production, the artwork, but it, yeah, it did ultimately fall flat. I don't still think it's a bad game, though. You know right, I mean? it's fine, it's okay. But like you said, Tim, I'd recommend many other games. Right, if you're gonna go with that, that route. do the same mechanics but just better. So, speaking of that, it's a very lightly used game. And it is for trade on my BGG. So I don't know how to plug my BGG account. So after those glowing reviews. But but if you look for a for trade copy of Valparaiso, you find it on my page. Or just email them. There you go. Yeah, you could just email me at aaron.dualwingames.com. So do we want to get on to our next review here before? (laughs) Yeah, let's uh, let's move on to our next review, and that is Tricarion. Legends of Illusion. Trickerion Legends of Illusion was designed by Richard Oman and Victor Peter and published by Mind Clash Games in 2015. It plays 2 to 4 players in 60 to 180 minutes. Trickerion is a worker placement game where players take on the role of stage illusionists in the late 19th century, trying to acquire the most fame in the city of Magoria. The game will end after a set number of rounds, and the player with the most fame will be the winner. During the game, players will be simultaneously selecting the locations they want to send their various workers to. 
After everyone reveals these locations, players will one at a time move a worker to one of the program locations and take as many action points there as they are allotted. Various tasks needed to be done are gaining money, hiring workers, or learning new tricks downtown. At the marketplace, you may want to procure goods or order new ones. In your own personal workshop, you need to prepare tricks to be performed later. In the dark alley, you may gain powerful one-time actions or manipulate upcoming prophecies. You may want to head to the theater to set up your tricks to be performed in your own show or your opponents at the end of the round. You just need to make sure you have the most fame at the end of the game to make sure your illusionist reigns supreme. So what do you guys think about the production quality? I like it. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, it's a it's a good production. I like the art uh, on the board. I like the the unique character art for the your assistants, and then also for the your each magician themselves. Uh, so you have your your own card that tells you what to do, but then you also have like a little like flyer that you can put out, the little uh, advertisement yeah. poster almost. So that's kind of a cool little touch. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. I like it a lot. Surprisingly, so the player boards, <laughs> always good to those, <laughs> stickling, little stickler. Yeah. They are thinner than like straight up thicker cardboard, but it didn't bother me in this. Stuff didn't slide around at all. Yeah, I they weren't flimsy, were they? Yeah. They yeah, weren't. you barely really use your player board. It's just a place to keep your workers, yeah. essentially, and you put your cards on it. That's yeah. it. So, But yeah, I think overall the production quality... It's pretty good. I like the shards, you know. Yeah. Um, I love the art in this game. I I really enjoy the just the whole aesthetic of the board. It really brings me in to the theme. Yeah, and it it looks unique too. So like, there's like the dark alley, mm-hmm. and it's there's like a sewer pipe running through, and, mm-hmm. it, and it looks like a dark alley, you it know. Looks and seedy. Then, yep. Yeah. And then like the the downtown market you know it shows like little people trying to yep. sell goods and it just it really fits and it, when you look to in between like the downtown and the marketplace there's actually like a road like over a river or something like that and it's got all three of those theaters like the different theater cards in the game it's got all those theaters oh does it really i didn't notice that and stuff hmm. yep. and then actually the theater itself up in the corner the that, scoring track is like the, the crowd i love so it's kind of cool yeah. And that, and yeah that. you're kind of um you, yeah. if you look close at that on stage, it show, you know has people like performing, and then that's like the curtain, and then behind the curtain is where you place your workers to, you know, prepare your tricks and do yeah. different stuff like that yeah, for your show. So it's got that old time classical look. Yeah, I, I, I like it a lot. Yeah, I didn't notice the first time I played it, but the board really looks cool. It's like this three D city, yeah. and it it really pops once you, once you uh, are in a mindset to be playing the game. Yeah. <laughs> It is a bit of a table hog, though. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but when we played on your table, I was like, mm-hmm. where am I going to put anything? But it worked. We made it work. Production quality, yeah. it It's it's very good. Uh, mm-hmm. I really like the box cover. It's simple, but it pops with like that filigree, whatever whatever you want to call it, the, the basically intricate design. Yeah, I like the uh, looking at the little, I know, components that you can buy and uh, the art on the tricks themselves mm-hmm. is kind of interesting kind of interesting to look at and i really like that they give you your little magician's workbook I like that's that super lot. cool oh that so you're not looking through yeah. 
tricks. Even. So other people aren't tuned in too to like what tricks you might be going for as much. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah, the workbook it's got like all the prophecies laid out in the back too. Yep. So you you can always look at those, and that's it's really nice that they give yeah, you. Yeah, you're that. not passing around the rule the, book between everybody. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So what do you think? How how into the theme in this one are you? I'm actually quite into it. Um, a lot of the artwork does help with that. Mm-hmm. The main abstraction where the theme goes away for me is the theater, how the theater works. I mean, it doesn't feel like you're performing tricks. How are they really going to do that? Right. It is unique, and I like how it does work, but it doesn't feel thematic for me. The rest of the game, though, is very thematic for me. I'm sending my workers out. I'm getting some components. I'm hiring new workers. I'm going to the bank to get some money out. You know, I'm... I'm just do, I'm doing different things. I'm learning new tricks. I'm setting up these tricks. I'm then preparing the tricks to be performed in a show. Um, all those different things. I'm going to this dark alley. I'm getting super powerful one-time abilities, and I might change the prophecy. It just all that feels thematic for me. The one drawback is the the th- performing doesn't feel thematic for me at all. But all in all, the art also really helps me in that regard. Mm-hmm. Yes, I do feel the theme a lot. I I like the theme. It's definitely unique. Yeah. And I feel like I'm sending my workers out to get, you know, do tasks to get, bring me back stuff for my performance. And then I, I guess I feel the theater a little bit. As far as, you know, maybe I don't feel the tricks. It doesn't feel like I'm cutting some lady in half. That's kind of, or, yeah, it's kind of hard to make that stuff that, feel thematic. But. That, that is a little abstracted, like you said. But I do feel it in the sense that I have to send my magician to the front of the stage. Yeah. And yeah. I have to pick the day that he performs. And you might get a bonus for that. And then I, have, I can send certain workers backstage. And you might score different stuff off them. Uh, you know, I do feel the theme come out in the theater in that sense, that I do have to send my magician and so mm-hmm. on. But yeah, I I think for a heavy Euro game like this, it I was surprised how well the theme came out. Mm-hmm. I think they do a really good job with their theme. Uh, Mind Clash, uh, Anachrony, for me, felt very thematic for a heavier worker placement game. And the art, for me, helped bring that out as well. Um, they have some unique terminology where sometimes it does take a little bit to get used to it, but the terminology is thematic where some that's also a, it's a good thing and a bad thing yeah. in games. Yeah, the theme, I, just in general, I really enjoy the theme. Like, I never played a game that's about illusionists, and I've always thought, you know, people with the sleight-of-hand tricks and stuff like that are really cool. So when you see this in a game, I was... I was excited to give it a shot. Um, the theme comes out for me, yes. I don't think that it's super strong, but I don't think that it's lacking. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I got. I know I said it when we were playing, but it, even thinking about it now, it makes me want to watch The Prestige. Oh, the Prestige, yeah. Yeah, it makes me want to watch. Like, it feels like a combination of like the Prestige and the Illusionist. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people haven't seen the Illusionist, but it came out about the same time with Edward Norton. And it's a good movie too. I've never seen that one. It's underrated, but it was overshadowed by Prestige, which is a fantastic movie. Yeah, never heard of either of them. Get out of here, Schmidt. Get, get out. out. Get out. See you guys.
All right, we're looking for a third co-host <laughs> of the show. <laughs> so what do you think about the gameplay? Tell me your thoughts on that. So initially, I know we touched on it a little bit in our last episode as well. I was concerned about gameplay because I kept hearing how heavy it was and how hard it was to grasp the theater. And when I learned it for the first time, I didn't actually think it was as heavy as it was presented to me, I guess you could say. And I really enjoyed it. And the I liked the first play that we had at Origins. We talked about it last episode. It made it was my top game from Origins. Mm-hmm. And we played it a second time and it keeps getting better and better for me. So yeah, I as far as gameplay, I like the pre planning. I am horrible at trying to decide <laughs> how to plan my stuff and I almost always screw it up somehow. <laughs> but I is you know, we Valparaiso was a pre planning, but this is the pre planning game that I want to play. Yeah. Yeah. It, it it just it has more meaningful decisions to make during the game. Oh, and thousandfold. <laughs> yeah. It's... And when you actually send your workers, you know, you can look around the table. Okay, all three of us are going to the dark alley, or the market. So I'm going to send my people there first. If I go earlier in the round, I'm going to try to get what I need first. You know, you kind of plan it out. I I really like that. I think generally the downtown is the most hotly contested spot, especially early in the game. Yeah. So all in all, gameplay is very high for me. I do have a negative, though, in that I don't like the dice in the game. <sighs> hmm. So it probably doesn't surprise you. But so here's the thing that bothers me, though, is that money... I felt like money was tight for me early on, and it was the game we were playing because we were... We're kind of screwing with each other with the money dice, but one of us was Aaron screwing. was messing with us. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so I almost wish though that it didn't have the X on the dice, because when we played our three-player game, there's a limited amount of spaces to send your people to the actual market or the downtown. So if you're the third person to go to downtown and everyone else is going for money. You don't even have a shot for money if you say if I send one of my lower workers and I only have like three actions, it's it costs me three actions to even take one of the dice. So there's almost nothing I can do then. So it it kind of took away from it and it it I didn't like the randomness of that. I, I guess I wouldn't mind if it was random if you roll the dice, but I didn't like the X on the side of the dice, I guess. No, you didn't like it when it was rolled, or you didn't like it when someone flipped it to an X after using the dice. Either or, because there like were that. times where you'd rather just like have a one. Yeah, or something, yeah, maybe you know, it, so maybe it switches something. to one. Yeah, so you get something, and you're not just completely screwed it on your actions. Almost one for a one though, because a lot of those workers you're paying. I mean, the magician and some of your apprentice might be free, but the other ones mm-hmm. you're paying money to even send them out. Yeah. So, well, what about instead of? When you use the action, what if you just don't flip the die? What if it stays on that die face? I would have preferred that because it just... So there was one There was one turn late in the game. He's got a real problem with it. <laughs> well, no, I... So yeah. late in the game, I didn't expect you guys to go for the tricks when yeah, you I did. I expect the unexpected. Obviously, but 
all of a sudden my only reason to go downtown was to get a trick and by the time it was my turn it was gone i didn't have a chance to even get a trick so i i don't remember what i did maybe i got a new assistant or something that i didn't really use so it was just it seemed like a wasted action where i i almost wish it was you roll the dice and those are what you get so if you go there and you can spend the actions to do the action you still get something it's not oh you it's all used up you can't go there so i was worried when i got the game and i saw kind of like you roll the dice and those determine your actions and there's a lot of x faces on a lot of those dice Mm -hmm. especially getting the specialists now I actually really enjoyed it, and I was surprised how much I really like it. I wouldn't want it to change. Uh, what I liked about it the most is it actually made you plan ahead more. Once you see those die rolls, you got to think more, okay, I'm third. I'm probably going to be the third one to downtown, so maybe I want to go somewhere else first. I want to go to the uh, black, mar- or black market. I want to change some of those prophecies that allow me to get more coins or get some of those upgrade cards so I like I grabbed a card for downtown that let me actually double my uh, get roll the dice get that much more money and one of the prophecies that I moved around and set up was get double coins when you take at the bank type of thing. I mean, it's a lot more work and planning, but I really I like that. It also does lead to more interaction where you can get screwed over more. Um, you kind of got to plan for that though. Like, well, what are the odds that maybe. Tim and Aaron are going to be going there first, so do I want to do something else first and go there later? Maybe I don't want to go to the... I really liked it, but I can see some of your points. But for me, a lot of them were all positives instead of negatives, where, I mean, obviously later later in the game, everyone's going to be going for those tricks if they're going for the level 3 or 36 yeah. tricks. And what happened to us in the first few turns... I almost was it like two or three turns back to back. You would take the first money, mm-hmm. and then you would spend an action just turn the other one to an X. I had an extra and action. That's, and I yeah. I get it. I I just didn't like that. It was it yeah. was my one negative to the game. So that's was where you got a plan. Okay, Aaron might be going there. I'm second. Maybe I want to take my magician there, or get one of those cards that just help boost it, or you take these tricks like for mine the trick i took early in the game was one that gave me more money than a normal level one trick yeah so and i helped i, I had my, those too so i could get some more income mm-hmm. so i didn't have to worry as much about it but it's all yeah yeah that's just my opinion i i didn't like the x on the dice and i was worried about that but i was i was surprised how much i really liked that uh touch for me mm-hmm. so i i like to talk about the tricks mm-hmm I, right from the get-go, you know, you get your preferred school yep. of magic, if you will. And I like looking at your workbook as like a tech tree. You yep. know, you mm-hmm. got to kind of plan it out like, well, these glass carry over into the second round, but then I've got to get a dove, but the dove carries over into the third round. So I, I like looking that that forward planning is a really cool thing for me. Like I have this in mind yeah. through the whole game when I'm going to the market row and trying to get goods, and then someone screws me out of my mirror. <laughs> <laughs> I think the round or two before that, you hosed me out of the 
I don't know if it was the locks or something, and you t- brought them back, and then Tim brought the locks back out and <laughs> took him here away or something like that. See, and, the, yeah. saws maybe. That part remember. of the interaction I didn't mind, yeah. where oh, I like you're too, kind of, yeah. be, but because you can pre-plan and you can decide, okay, I see someone's going to be swapping these out, so it might set you back a round or two where you have to yeah. put them back in, or maybe you can buy a bunch before they're gone. I I, I like that part. And the, the being short on money thing, it is crappy because you lose some points but i've had a couple games where that's happened and yeah it does suck at the time but if you're able to do other actions to help make up for it it ends up you know it kind of evens itself out the like you said Aaron, the tricks basically i haven't i'm not good at yet at comboing like well this trick leads into this trick which leads into this one i'll basically look at one of the level one tricks or the what maybe what uh trick am i going for at the end of the game or mm-hmm. what two am i trying to get at the end of the game to score those bonus points where i might pick two of them that have some similar components where if someone does get the one and kind of screws me i can go try to get the other one to score those points at the end of the game as well as perform the trick which have huge payouts as mm-hmm. well for those uh good tricks um well, so that- i'll kind of plan that way well, and that's two different strategies right from the get-go you said you look at the one at the end you want but you don't really compare components to it. Whereas I, what I did was the whole game, our last game, I looked at the trick on the level one that would get me the best payout right away. Mm -hmm. And then I saw which components led up to any one of the third level ones. I didn't care which it was in my category. I didn't care which one it was. I wanted the easiest route via components. And so I, I looked then at that end game scoring condition and tried to plan the rest of my game around that condition. So that's just, yeah, it's cool that there's that much depth, you know. Mm -hmm. And I think the, uh, maybe it's, I do look at some of the tricks in the other schools, but not as much as I maybe should because they might combo together better. But it's always riskier because you're not sure if that that die is going to be as an X as Tim likes. Right. (laughs) Or if you're going to be able to get it. I do like that. No matter what the face of it is, you can always take a trick in your category. At least mm-hmm. that's nice. I like the manipulating that marketplace a lot, where you're trying. You might try to weasel some goods out of there that other people are going for. Mm-hmm. I like how you order the new ones like that. You can do the quick order, which is more expensive, but if you are in a bind, you have that option. I like getting the tricks, like the level 16s and 36, or the level 2 and 3 tricks, however you want to look at it. Mm-hmm. However much fame you're short, you can still get the trick. You just have to pay the difference in coins. And sometimes it's worth it, but if, you know, if you're like, you got to pay 13, is it really worth it at this point? Or do I wait and score and only have to pay 5 next round? Mm-hmm. You know, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I like those dark alley cards a lot. Oh, yeah. that once I, once I knew how those kind of worked, I my first couple of rounds i'm like i'm gonna get as many of these things always, as i can yeah, yeah. like scarf those suckers up yeah. even if you don't use them for their awesome you can get an action point or at the end of the game you get two points for each yeah one you yep. have. Uh, the prophecies are cool i know you guys didn't pay as much attention to them as i did not that last round I especially yep. more though too so I'm, i was able to you know mm-hmm. i was kind of maneuvering them around and whatnot kind of planning for them especially with that coin one and then uh that last round, yeah, you get it was kind of like, wait, what? All our base action points are one. I'm like, well, it was out there. <laughs> yeah, everything. Oh, that was awful. Yeah, there was. There's a lot going on in the game. Yeah. So I wasn't really focusing on that at all. Mm-hmm. So 
it doesn't surprise me at all that something came up and just Jumped was like, like whoa, 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 what? The rest yeah. of the game, it was just like kind of come whatever may for me. Yeah, and it a lot was, of them were actually beneficial for yeah. us. Where they're 50-50. They're good and bad. It just mm-hmm. depends on what you draw. And then you just see them ahead of time. The last round, we just got hosed on that one. Yeah. But that's, it didn't hurt the game at all. No, I didn't think so either. I do. You guys want to talk about the theater a little bit? I know you kind of mentioned it, but I like how you're putting your tricks out and you can kind of link them to other people's tricks to get some bonuses and mm-hmm. the payouts where the everyone does get paid out for their tricks, but then the performer does get more benefits yeah. you know, for points and coins and things like that. That's really dissatisfying when someone else performs your tricks that you like built up on this card you know you I get know, your it, you get your base stuff but you were like oh, i was gonna freaking do that yeah you get <laughs> I, I the game at origins that happened a couple times where i was like okay I, I was just not thinking i was like okay i'm gonna put these out i'm gonna be able to perform this one it's like oh crap i'm performing on saturday or mm-hmm. something and two performances are before me and oh all my <laughs> tricks are already performed i don't have a card yeah you can't like, do anything i wasted putting my stupid magician out there yep. i should have put him and moved him downtown or mm-hmm. got some stuff that, that's kind of the you know the luck of the game is you know hopefully the other person scores something else you know yeah, you want to set yourself up to yeah benefit from other people benefiting as well yeah, yeah. definitely i like the linking a lot that mm-hmm. that's that's just a cool con a cool little thing that they added that's really nifty especially the last game at the end where we had those level three tricks out there we we're doing a lot of linking to get yeah. tons of mm-hmm. points and stuff off that did we have one of them had like three links another one had like four yeah, or something like that. it was like just yeah it was crazy it's quite a gross bit. amount yeah. to get right in the way <laughs> <laughs> that's about all i have i can't think of anything else mm-hmm. same um i we had mentioned it but i love the program worker placement where you're putting your cards out you have to send them to that location that's one of the best parts of the game for me well and i like that you you know if you send if you that card there you have to send them there or you can just leave them on your mm-hmm. board and then you don't have to pay their yeah. yeah their cost that's that's nice you know if you put that action card there and you had to do it and you had to go somewhere where you could do literally nothing that'd be kind of a bummer mm-hmm. so what uh who we want to start with with our ratings here? I'll start with you, Aaron, because you had played this the first time, and it looked like your uh, your brain looked like a yeah. off shotgun girl. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> very true. But uh, my opinion has grown exponentially. How much? Tell us, please. I don't know what <laughs> I would a number in... scale one to ten. <laughs> well, well, when I played that one, I didn't hate the game. I just was so out of it, and I don't know <laughs> what I would have rated it, but. Now it's one of my highest games. Really? Yeah. Is it the coveted 10 spot for you? <laughs> no, 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 that doesn't exist. <laughs> that can't happen. <laughs> yeah, that's not. That can't happen, but it is a 9.5. Whoa. Whoa. So Is that your highest It's It's rating? up there. Yeah. Wow. It's Whoa. probably one of my highest ratings. Now, if I hadn't snuck by you and won, would this be a tip for you? Because <laughs> it was literally what won it for me, one of those games, was the end game scoring on... The level three trick, and yeah, no got, one else had one of those. It passed yeah. you by like three or something like that. Three, five, seven, yeah, something real small. Was the meter going from like ten, and then it kind of <laughs> hucked back a little bit? <laughs> no. 
No, because I felt like I did really good, and then you just happened to, like, right at the end, <laughs> floop right in front of me, but I still really enjoyed it, so, yeah, uh, that's... It didn't feel cheap to me. Didn't, oh, I bet not. <laughs> I don't think a win can feel cheap in this game. No. No, you gotta earn it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, my rating, I would put it, as it is, at about, like, an 8.5, maybe a 9, somewhere in that range. I think if the dice weren't so ratty... <laughs> it, it would be quite a, a bit, bit yeah it'd be quite a bit higher for me so it's still pretty high though that's, for how that much is, you don't yeah. like the dice yep mm-hmm. maybe once you get used to them a little more maybe not maybe I not maybe maybe not yeah I'd give it uh, it's a 9.5 it's real real close to a 10 and it, it might be but I'm gonna say 9.5 um, hmm. there's nothing I'd really change about it now it is a very heavy game don't kid yourself about that um, but it's a very heavy, longer, thematic Euro for me, and it's right up my alley, and I really enjoy it. And um, it does a lot of things that feel unique and refreshing to me, and I mm-hmm. enjoy all of the things in it that feel that way. So, yeah, there you have it. There you go, folks. Go from a 5.5 to a 9.5 it's game. One, <laughs> it's one that... <laughs> I had had on my list for a couple of years. I just never pulled the trigger because I wasn't quite sure, and I should have pulled the trigger earlier. <laughs> I could have got that collector's edition. Yeah, oh, man. I'll have, yeah. to, I'll have to go to Botakai's house and steal it. <laughs> Sneak down there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what do you say we move on to our top 10 of the week? What top 10 is that? The top 10 light games. Lightweight games? Lightweight. Nice. Not to be confused with party filler games. Mm-hmm. It's a step up from that. It's a step up. How far of a step up for you, Ryan? So my basis was kind of Board Game Geek. I looked uh, at the weight of games on there. So I went kind of with my highest of the party filler category. And I kind of went uh, basically games that were classified as, I guess, on the heavier side of light to medium light is kind of the cutoff. And that goes to about... 2.5 on like the five weight scale on BGG. It kind of goes into medium once it gets to 2.5. Okay. So that was about my cutoff. What was your low end on that then? I'd have to look. Um, it's probably, I, could, I imagine I know what game it is on there. It's probably like a 1.8-ish. I'd have to guess, but I'd mm. have to look. Okay. I'm not really sure. So like weight of a game basically is... How heavy it is? The complexity, <laughs> the depth. Things like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I didn't know, you know, with the BGG stuff, it's not always completely... Ac- so I kind of no. just went... You know, there's some games that are probably considered heavier that I was like, that's not that heavy, or or vice versa. I mean, it, this isn't a heavy list. This is no, a, but, you know... Okay, so you went with, like, Through the Ages and... Yeah. Not yeah. that that would make your top ten, but I don't know games what, of that... I don't know what's going to hit my heavy game list, then. Yeah. I was I was just really hoping he was gonna actually put on like how light like physically light the game was. I was, I was really <laughs> I was really hoping you're gonna do that. So a lot of mine are lighter games, quicker to play, lighter on strategy yeah. type of thing. Yeah, um, I was complexity isn't real high or anything. Yep, I was about the same. I was shooting for games at about the two point five. I did have two that just squeaked over two point five. Honestly, the complexity when I looked at these two games on Board Game Geek, because I thought, okay, these two are in there for sure. And it was like, oh, they're actually 
Yeah, it's all it's just Com- yeah, public it's... votes on there. So I right. just kind of use that as like a baseline. Yeah, and then you know kind of went from there. Yeah, then judge my own yeah. thoughts on the game. Yep, because it all depends on. You know, someone who plays super heavy games is going to think a medium weight game is light. And right. it's all relative. So why don't you uh, start this little lightweight train going? All right. So my first game is probably the lightest on the list and just squeaked in at number 10. And that is The Grizzled. Mm. It's a cooperative game. Uh, World War One. You are working together and basically you're trying to survive through the war. You're playing cards and you're trying not to get too many matches of symbols on these cards. That's basically the gist of it. You're trying to run through the deck and uh, not have anybody die. So, yep. yeah. That's a good fun... Yeah, I, yeah it's a good it's, one. It's an uplifting game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it really uh, brings you out. <laughs> <laughs> and most of the time, knocks us down. Yeah, most but, of the time. But uh, I love the artwork on the game. You know, it's kind of got that cartoony-ish vibe to oh, it, yeah. but still... I don't know, it just looks good and uh yeah and i like how one of the the advanced rules is just something as simple as like the traps mm-hmm. so if you flip a car if you yeah. play a card and it has a trap you have to randomly flip a card from the top so it adds a, like a little tension a it little random, harder it makes it harder it's a little more traps. random <laughs> yeah we we always play with the traps because we're suicidal i guess mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah we don't typically win but when you do with the it feels almost like a cheap win, like we talked about earlier. <laughs> yeah. When we win without the traps, because it's, it's like... Not a, yeah, it's not a win. It's, it's like, ah, oh, we could have done... We could have made this harder. So my number 10 is one of the heavier games on this list. And I don't consider it heavy, but that's me. Some people might. Uh, but that is Shadows Over Camelot. On Board Game Geek, it is listed as a 2.57. Yeah, I'd considered it, and I didn't really think it was all that heavy myself, but I I also I, I thought it was a little too heavy for my list. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. I would, I would say it qualifies. It's all Thanks, Ryan. whatever you so, want. I'm not saying you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but Shadows Over Camelot, it was one of the first games that we started playing as a group when we got into this it's not a cooperative game it's a semi-cooperative game it's cooperative. And you pass out rules so there's a chance that there's a trade the first co-ops even and what you do is you're playing knights of the round table you're going around you're playing different poker hands playing cards in order and you're just doing different knights of the round table missions and you're trying to get more of the white swords on the table than the corrupted black swords uh, and yeah, and then if there's a traitor, they can reveal themselves at some point and try to screw with the rest of the team and, you know, place catapults and destroy different stuff. And it's uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, this is an older game and it's, uh, it's a solid cooperative game and uh, I really enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. Uh, components are really nice for how old the game is. Mm-hmm. Um, this was Days of Wonder, right? Yep. You just had to slide in. Yep, it's a cooperative game. Well, it is. <laughs> I know. So. It's, I'm on your side with it's this. It's semi-cooperative. <laughs> semi-cooperative. <laughs> yep. It's got that Semi. word in there. Yeah. That's what makes it different from other cooperative games. It's its own genre. Genre inside the cooperative game. No. Like a, in the hub, yeah. No. It's like a yep. subcategory. It's like two different. 
So when there's not a traitor, it's still not a cooperative game to you even? Well, no, but it still creates semi-cooperative because you're you're always assuming there's someone that's a traitor. Well, what if you play the card that proves that there's no traitors? Or what if there aren't any? But you the want to game work in cooperatively. <laughs> the game starting off is semi-cooperative. <laughs> it's a co-op. <laughs> it's not a co-op. All oh, right, that's my number ten. Shadows of Camelot. <laughs> All right, my number ten is a very simple game, and that is Ticket to Ride. I don't have a specific country I enjoy. Just the Ticket to Ride bucket. Ticket to Ride bucket. Yep, <laughs> pour, pour it out. I'll play it. Um, the app makes it really nice because it turns you know a, a little fiddliness with the setting up the trains. Yeah, you can play a game putting your trains out. That's fiddly to you. Then you bump the table or something. Fiddly. That's any game. Yeah, I know. That's that's not fiddly at all. That's, <laughs> come on. Well, basically, my point what, you of put it. Put four trains out. You yeah, calling it fiddly? That's tough work, man. Now, basically, my point you know, of that is just Ryan. That, there are some routes that are only one train. That can be hard. It's tough and fiddly. Yep. When you got to go from placing one train to six. <laughs> yeah, it makes the game go a lot faster. <laughs> I suppose just like any of, of, of those. Any app, yeah, it's going to yeah. go faster than the actual game. The setup and whatnot. Takes care of all that train work for you. All that upkeep, you got to do a ticket to ride. <laughs> That's a tough one. I don't think I could teach it to just... No. So what would be your favorite ticket to ride game? Uh, I like playing um, with like the expansion on the ticket to ride. That's like big cities. Is that on it's the just, app or something? Or? Yeah. I don't know if there's an actual physical one, but... I, I'm not all up to date on my Ticket to I'm Ride either, maps, so but I'm I not have, sure. I don't know. I haven't heard of big cities, but I'm, it's probably out there somewhere. Yeah. I think my favorite would probably be Switzerland. I like mm. the... Uh, I think it's a two- or three-player map. I like the country that you can have routes from cities or country as mm. well. I like that twist on it mm-hmm. and the tunnels and whatnot. Well, the uh, one of the ones in the United Kingdom is pretty cool, too. It has, like, technology cards that you can buy. Ooh, that sounds fiddly. I <laughs> <laughs> don't know about that. That would disqualify it from this list. It would just be too complex. <laughs> technology chart? Tree. I can't believe you just take it to right. Well, those stupid little trains, man. The app streamlines that. What are you talking about? Have you even played the physical copy ever? Or? Yeah. Okay. Let's make it sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's my number 10. All right. Just take a ride. I, I don't think it needs much description. It's, uh, yeah, it's pretty, pretty well, well known. known. Just for the record, I like uh, Nordic Countries. Nordic Countries. Yeah. That's a good one, too. It's probably my second, I would say. Yeah. The art's cool. I like the... Uh, they changed up the train cards, so they're actually... Mm real size cards and then each of the right. cards have like uh well, you can get the expansion yeah you can get that the europe thing or right. just a box that has just the big cards in it i was just talking about like the base little miniature cards yeah, and base ticket to ride man aren't those fiddly <laughs> <laughs> you're trying to make a joke i don't even know how to work with dig them. yourself out of the hole but it's not working yeah so my number nine is a game that i think if there's an app for it it would be much <laughs> less setup time uh it would go a lot faster. 
it's good. I hope you're ready for this to be like a continuing theme. <laughs> I hope everyone's ready for that. Um, and that is a game that Tim is not big on. It's a North Star game. That is Warsaw City Ruins. I mm. think it's a fantastic, light, uh, drafting and city building game. I like all the different scoring that happens. I like drafting is obviously a lot of fun and then placing the tiles out in your city and building on top things like that we've talked about it quite a bit my only complaint is i not sure but it seems like a lot of games we play there's always a runaway leader you can kind of tell who's going to win now it isn't a big deal because the game is quicker but i think it bothers me because there's that round scoring and then each round you just see that guy that's got the best engine get a little farther ahead of everyone else a little farther ahead of everyone else type of thing. Mm-hmm. But I like everything else about the game, and it's a lot of fun. It's good stuff. Tim? <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. It's, it doesn't live up to the hype. There's no hype on it at all, besides what me there, and Aaron yeah. give it. Yeah, that's the hype I'm going off of. <laughs> Within the community, there's nothing. Yeah, I mean, For good reason, in my opinion. Well, I'll mention it on one of yours that I can, I'm pretty sure is on your list. You're pretty sure? You want to take a guess now, or you want me? No, I mean I didn't list peak, but <laughs> okay, I'll mention it if it if it comes up or not. It's I think it's borderline lightweight or medium weight type thing. Might be one of those close call games. I'm not sure. Okay, I'd it's be one wi- of your unsung heroes. Okay, I'd be willing to bet that you could almost look at my whole list and say no, that's pretty close to borderline. Because even though it's lightweight, I still <laughs> lean more towards the. 2.5, 2.3 yeah, still, scale. Still lightweight. So it's it's considered lightweight, but some of them I, I saw that were close to that, and I was like, I kind of see that, but, you know. Anyways, because this would be one that actually surprised me. My number nine, it is, I don't know if it's anymore, but it was one of Aaron's favorite games of all time, and that is Clank. Hmm. Or Clank in Space. But I put Clank on here. I think Clank in Space would probably be a little... More than lightweight. Yeah, and that's why I put uh, just regular Clank. So it's a deck builder. You're building your deck up, and you're moving your little meeple around uh, through this dungeon, and you're slowly getting deeper in, getting different loot, trying to get as much loot and just gems or whatever else you can get your hands on, and then trying to get out before the dragon comes along because every time you play cards with Clank, you're going to put one of your cubes into the bag. And then when you flip over one of the cards, it might have the dragon attacks and you draw a certain number of cubes out of the bag and you might take damage. So you're trying to kind of balance that, like push your luck, so to speak. So you're, how deep do you really want to go into this cavern? Do you want to try to push the end game and get out sooner? And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah, it's pretty decent. It was heavy for mine. Uh, it was only a 2.2. There's probably contradictions on my list to that rule, but <laughs> it was too complex. Yeah, too okay. fiddly. Yeah, much too fiddly. <laughs> got to move that meeple around on the board. Yeah. And tokens out that you just. I don't like a game. You got to move anything. <laughs> <laughs> you want to sit at the table, but then you play with it on your phone, and that moves it on the table. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my number nine clank. All right, a deck building game. Thank you. A deck building. That adventure. wasn't on your deck building list. I know it wasn't. Because you didn't <laughs> consider it a deck builder. Because I think Nightfall's better. Ugh. No, you don't. 
like how you can't even say that with a straight face. Oh no! <laughs> All right, it, it might be on here. Yeah. We know Nightfall's no good. I still got you know eight more picks, so it might make it. No. All right, so my number nine is Century Spice Road, the first one. I haven't played the third. Maybe that'll be it. I don't know. Well, they could both be it. I haven't played the third. <laughs> well, I know. I'm just saying that. I like the first one, I think, better than the second one, the Eastern Wonders, by just a little bit, just because it's not as fiddly. Simpler. I'd agree. I like the second or the first one a little bit more. Thanks, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's just a uh, resource, essentially, trading game. You're just upgrading your resources and trying to fulfill contracts and get more points than everyone else. It's real simple, very light. <laughs> and fits the list for me, and it uh, it's a, just a good game. That's why I made my list. There you have it. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. Yeah, it's not on my list, but there's a different some other games on here that kind of replace it for me. I have not played regular Century, so that is why I did not make my list. <laughs> <laughs> my number eight is a game that is very similar to that. I like it just a little bit more, and that is Splendor. Uh, it's kind of the same thing. You're basically collecting resources, and you're upgrading, building an engine, slowly able to do more things. And it's got really nice, hefty poker chips that everyone's playing with when they're playing the game, which is really nice. Uh, You're basically trying to complete contracts or recipes with the goods that you get. What I like about it is you get these cards, and then those basically replace your gems, so you're able to get some really expensive cards by the end of the game. And uh, it's quick. It's very easy to teach, and it's fun for uh, new gamers to play. Yeah, I like this game. I like it well enough. I've only played it a few times, but... Yeah, it's it's a good little... Uh, collecting your little uh, poker gems. chips, your gems. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, uh, yeah, it's decent. I'm not super big on it, but it's a good game. My number eight... It is another one that's a little heavy. It's a 2.53. Yep, Aaron. It's still not that heavy. It's just... I know. Okay. I know. (laughs) And that is a game. It's by Formal Ferret Games, and that is The Networks. I thought this this was the one I was thinking of. I thought it would be higher on your list because you're always ranting and raving about this game. I, I like it a lot. It's my number eight lightweight. That's that's fine. I was just thinking it'd be like your two, two or three. something like that. Oh, really? Okay. Um, I didn't consider that. You didn't? No. Okay. I think it doesn't live up to the hype that you give it. It's true. It's a solid game. <laughs> that's <laughs> no. fine. No, I like it just fine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so in the networks, you are your own like little cable TV station. And you start off with little crummy shows, and through the course of the game, you're going to draft shows, you're going to draft stars for those shows, ads, and different network cards. So that's pretty much the gist of the game. You're putting them in time slots, and then you're scoring points or viewership for each show, each round type of thing. And that's just a uh, just little gist of the game. And a lot of the... Fun of the game is part of the uh, the different parodies on the different shows, yep. stuff like that. So that's my number eight, the networks. Yeah, I like the art 
you know, look at the cards, the names is always is always fun. And I kind of have the same problem with this one as Warsaw, but it bugs me more in this one. Is the runaway leader thing? I, I think I played three times, and each time it just hasn't been close at all. So in our last game, it was me and the Wet Bandits, and for some, I thought it was really close between me and Johnny, and then Marv came back right at the end and he won, and we were all within like three points. So it was really close, but might just be you guys aren't that good. It might be. <laughs> you were playing with the Wet Bandits after all. But yeah, that's yeah. It's a really unique game. I like it. Yeah, it's a good one. That's all I got for it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, my number eight is Pandemic Fall of Rome. I didn't consider this very heavy at no, all. No, it's not heavy at so, all. So <laughs> it definitely met my lightweight category where um, I like it better than the base game, and we talked about this a bunch already. In just this episode. So take all of what we said already, uh, plug that in, and there's my number eight. <laughs> I like the attacking. It's cool. It kind of feels a little more strategic. It's, it's got that dice roll. You usually don't like that. It's most of the results are good. Maybe because it's cooperative, <laughs> so you don't feel stung as much like when you get burned by it. Yeah, yeah. Kind of thing. Like when I got eight pop shots on Tim and roll all ones <laughs> in Summoner Wars. Yeah. Oh, I love that game. <laughs> yeah, it's this one's okay for me. I knew I'd get that response. Yep. Yeah, and we talked about it earlier. Yep. So, but not to uh, try to bash you too much, but I did think the movement was a little fiddly for the people no, or for the for the clans. So, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> nods McGee. My number seven is a game that is similar to Aaron's number nine, I think, and also my number eight. And that is a very new release. That is Century, A New World. Mm. So I've played that a couple times in the last few days here. Full games. Before it was just demo. And I really enjoy it. It's I think it's probably the best intro to worker placement you could really get almost at this point. Because it's very light. It's very similar to the first Century game. Except for you're just placing the workers to get your cubes instead of playing cards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just... I really enjoy it. It's a half-hour game, so it's just quick. It's got that worker placement that I like, and when you place where someone else is, they get their workers back. You can't replace your own guys. You can't bump yourself. I like the little set collection that's in it, too. Uh, I think it's just a really solid game, and I'm kind of excited to try out some of the uh, games together. I think the first and third one might fit together the best. Hmm. Have you looked? How does that work? I, I don't know. Michael was kind of going to look into it and read the rules on it and whatnot. Okay. So Those big rule books for... Yeah, the double-sided, <laughs> double-sided leaflet <laughs> sheet. Yeah, a little, little leaflet in there. Hmm. Yeah, this is one I'm definitely excited to play again. Just played that demo at Origins, so uh, I'd like to see how a full game unravels. So, mm-hmm. so my number seven, it is a deck-building game, and... It is based on the American pastime. Baseball highlights. And that is baseball highlights 2045. Coming in at a whopping 2.19 complexity <laughs> rating. Uh, this is just a, <laughs> just a basic deck builder. Uh, you are you're buying cards in between games. And then you're playing basically a World Series or however you kind of want to play it against your opponent 
and you're playing cards and you're kind of trying to match car not match cards but you're kind of maybe you're going to cancel a hit or you're going to do a double play to remove some runners so you're also moving base runners on the little player board and yeah that's kind of uh that's about it it's a uh, maybe a little heavier for a deck builder but not really that much only only just because the you have to kind of keep track of okay i played a card i'm threatening with a double now ryan's gonna play a card can he cancel that no okay he's threatening with something and then my double goes off so that it takes a little bit getting used to the timing of some of the cards but once you have it down it's it plays fast it's it's a lot of fun Big question is, do you think Aaron would consider this game fiddly? <laughs> would he like an app version to streamline it? <laughs> Breaking news. <laughs> Have you tried? Have you played it? No, I was leaving the one day, and you're like, oh, pull this out since he's not oh, going to be right, here. Oh, that's right, because it was four of us, so then we played. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. This is, uh, this is a good one. I liked it quite a bit more than I thought I would, and for... A game that's just a pure deck builder. This is probably one of, if not my favorite, just straight deck building game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's solid. I like the uh, the back and forth play that you have, and then upgrading your players type of thing. You know, yep, you calling can... guys up to the bigs and sending the other ones down to the yep, miners. Yep. So yeah, it's a lot of fun. Hmm. You have to try it. I will have to try it <laughs> sometime. <laughs> I know you're big on baseball. Whenever you, yeah, any sports, you know me. My number seven is a, I guess, tile drafting game, and that is Azul, the first one, just straight up Azul. Do you consider the other one too heavy, or is it just higher on your list? Or is it just too fiddly? Because <laughs> it's kind of the same game. It's just one mechanic that's different. I like one significantly more than the other. Well, yeah. Okay. So no, they so both made my list. They actually. both are yeah. on your list. Okay. They both are on this list. You're drafting different colored tiles, essentially, and trying to score the most points by placing them on your grid in a... Uh, where there's the light bit of strategy in this game is where you place, when you place kind of thing. <laughs> you don't want to fill up your row and the game before you can score a bunch of points. But the more tiles you place adjacent to is going to score you more points each round so if you can kind of leave yourself some gaps and get you know lucky on some of the draws it can feel pretty satisfying that's my number seven Hmm. azul yeah it's fine my number six is a game that tim also doesn't like as much as we do Ooh. um i just don't think he's a big fan of the drafting genre that is seven wonders Hmm. we've talked about it a lot it's one of the grandfathers of drafting games. Um, you're drafting your cards, you're building up your resource engine, your point engine, maybe your science, your military. Um, at the end of the game, you're kind of tallying up points in all these different categories, and whoever has the most wins. Yeah, it's just a lot of fun, and I feel like for a filler game that can also play really good from three to seven, it plays very quick and gives you that meteor feel in a way, because it's kind of like stuff going on, but Mm-hmm. It's when you get down to it, it's a very simple game. Yeah, I mean, you got to think about uh, you don't want to feed this guy a bunch of science cards. At the same time, you got to watch your military and mm-hmm. kind of keep that in check. It's not that I don't like the game; I'm just not as high on it as yeah. Others. I just don't think you're 
a big not that you hate drafting you're just not that big of a fan on it doesn't seem like because a lot of the drafting games you never really like as much as the rest of us yeah maybe my number six it is a world war ii game coming in at a 2.27 so it's still on the light scale just for the record and that is a memoir 44 it is a two-player uh, command and colors game where you're playing cards. You play a card to move troops in a certain region, depending on what's depicted on the card. And you're moving your troops and then battling with troops. You're rolling dice, which I know Aaron's big on. Yeah, it sounds great. <laughs> and uh, it's just kind of a light little war game. You're moving your troops around. There's different scenarios, so you might be trying to take over a certain amount of towns or maybe a bridge or whatever the case is. And it's a, it's a game I like quite a bit. It's Memoir 44. I would try it. <laughs> yeah, the it's a great theme. For me, the gameplay was just kind of killed by Battalore, and I do like the Command um, Ancients and Napoleonics better than this one too, but oh, it's yeah. still a... Still a solid game. There's just more strategy to those ones. Hmm. But this one you can kind of just flump around, shoot, and that's part of the fun. You get your little plastic dudes. You're just yeah. running them around the map. Yeah, it's a solid game though. My number six is a tree growing game, and that is photosynthesis, where you are different tree species competing for the most fertile ground. Question is, Tim, do we see anything but abstracts for the rest of this list? No, no chance. Okay. <laughs> maybe one it sounds like I have it on good authority I saw his list <laughs> uh, I, I like that I like how the sun moves around and you gotta gotta think ahead sometimes when you're planting or throwing your seeds out there to generate the light points and deal with having less light points on some turns and just try to be more efficient uh, so I like the production quality quite a bit, and that cover yeah, is the, gorgeous. The trees are pretty cool. That yeah. You're placing out and growing them up. It was like the first one that had like these tree standees for your piece. Now I'm seeing a couple of games that are using them, but I can't remember what they're called. <laughs> it's not like he was going to say it's used all over the place. He's like, there's no, a couple I've, that use it now. I've seen a couple now, okay. that, but that one was like the first one I ever saw that had that kind of table presence. Gotcha. So I thought it was pretty cool when that came out. Yeah, I like the uh, the little sun. So you're rotating the sun around, and then whatever's getting light is growing. So like big trees in the front are going to be blocking the little, yep. the little wee ones. Yeah, no, this is classified as an abstract but it feels thematic to me it does all make sense and whatnot you know and it's a cool theme i would definitely want to play with four always without four i don't like the game at all and at four i think it is playable why why is that (laughs) i've only played at three more interaction more blocking more maybe that's why i (laughs) like it's like good no yeah it makes it's that it's fun or else you just get what you want you don't have to work for anything it's just kind of but yep. with four, it's tight, it's competitive, it's good with four. Okay. I agree with that. Because there's nothing, when you play with less, I don't think there's anything that they change. Like, they don't block off part of the map or anything like that. No. Um, there's not, like, trees out there. Like, if they had player trees of a different color, maybe out there a little bit, that would help block off some stuff, you know, mm-hmm. with two or three. But it could be a very mean game for how what it looks. You don't expect that when you play at four with at this four one. Players, yeah. Very angry trees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So that is my number six, photosynthesis. 
my number five is the two-player baby to my number six. And huh. uh, that is Seven Wonders Duel. I like it just a little bit more, obviously, because it's my number five. Quite a bit more. <laughs> I think what I enjoy about it more is the uh, buying of the resources is a lot easier to understand. It's real simple. Basically, you pay two coins plus however many brick is in the other player's city. And it's just, there's a lot more back and forth in it. And I like that you can win two ways immediately during the game, or you just count up the points at the end and see who wins. Mm. Um, it's real solid. The expansion is very excellent and adds a lot more depth and strategy to the game. And that is my number five, Seven Wonders Duel. When you first got it, we played it a couple times, but we haven't really played it since. So I, it's yeah, been quite a while. Me and Sarah always just busted out mm-hmm. whenever we got like half hour or less. Yeah. Have you tried it? Yeah. Have you? Okay. Yeah. He borrowed it to me a year or so, a couple of years ago. I think now I played it a couple of times. Yeah, I liked it. So my number five, it is a game that has beautiful artwork and you are under the sea vying for different lords mm. and favor from different species under the sea. And that is Abyss. It has a complexity rating of a 2.34. My God. I know. It's pushing the boundaries. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) So what you're doing in Abyss, you're basically trying to get, I believe, seven lords into your court. Hmm. Uh, And how you're recruiting these lords is you're getting, there's basically three actions you can do on your turn. The very top is you're exploring the depths. So you're flipping over cards. You're kind of pushing your luck, trying to get higher numbered species cards so there's like different suits so to speak and also if you push the if you push your luck far enough if you get cards to the end you can gain pearls also people can buy some of these from you and so on so you can do that you can um instead of discarding all those cards they're gonna get grouped up and get put in the middle of the board so as an action you can just take one stack of cards Mm -hmm. on the table and then your third action you can do is you can recruit lords. So you're basically using those different suit cards to cash in for different lords. And they'll give you different special abilities, but basically what you're trying to do is you're trying to get your seven lords. They give you victory points, and that's about it. Once you have three keys, you can unlock a location. So locations give you more special abilities or just endgame scoring type of stuff. So... Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It looks great. Love the art a lot. And that is Abyss. Yeah, it's a good pick. I wish you'd pick it more. Yeah, I yeah, well, think we kind of talked about it. I yeah. was going to say, I haven't played. I like it quite a bit. I haven't played it in a couple of years because he's just him he and his wife are hoarding it. Yeah. yeah. So it, I get it, though. He plays it enough, so he doesn't want to play it in game day. He's got other stuff that he doesn't get to the table. Yeah. And it's not that I don't want to play it with you guys, but I just, yeah. It just seems you play selfish. it enough yeah. as it is that you just... <laughs> but even though even how much we do play it, I still want to play it more, so it's not like I'm getting burnt out on the game. Well, no. So, there's mm-hmm. just stuff that you don't get a chance to play yeah. that you want to play at yeah. game day. Um, yeah, I think it's a solid game. It's a good little push-your-luck type of game. What makes it for me is those lords are mm-hmm. a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the artwork is, is awesome. I would like to play with each expansion on its own and then together just to see if that bumps up the game a little bit more for me. So maybe someone else in the group would want to pick it then. Maybe. Yeah. 
I have one of the two. Yep, you have the Kraken, right? Yep, I have the Kraken. And That's good Kraken. The Leviathan is apparently not available in the U.S. So, so one problem I think why Aaron hasn't picked it is those beads. You pick them up and they're kind of fiddly. They might fall and bounce, roll over the table or something like that. You know, it's they, travesty. They are. They are. Yeah, who, ever, who it, thought of putting pieces <laughs> like that in a game? Circular pieces like that, they can roll around. Yeah, if only there were like an app for it. Mm-hmm. If there was like a, a digital <laughs> app for the game. Right, Aaron? That'd be nice. Keep your pearls right on your phone. Yeah. You know me. Then I'm you couldn't swirl them in your that. cup. That's true. I could, if it was a sophisticated enough app, you could <laughs> swirl them around. Anyhow. Why do you keep it rolling your eyes? Who? He regrets saying what he did. <laughs> uh, how soon do you think he regretted saying that? Probably as soon as he said it. Like as soon he's as he's used it... to playing the app, so he doesn't. Yeah. I like am. as soon as it left his mouth, he's like, "Oh no, <laughs> something for a world of hurt." <laughs> All right, my huh? No, I was gonna say, what's your number five, Aaron? My number five is kind of a game that is a crossover between filler and light. Ooh, do tell. <laughs> Because I think it was on my filler list too, but I would also consider it a light game. Based on that description, you had my curiosity. Now you have my attention. <laughs> and that is a deck building game called Hero Realms. Good artwork. Cool faction abilities with the character packs. That adds a good bit of replayability. So yeah, just overall a real solid deck building game. Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, I've only I've just played it once, but I've played Star Realms a lot. The Star Realms app. You don't even have to shuffle your own deck. The Star Realms app is really good. Um, I think that's why I'm just kind of burnt out on those games. They're really solid games, fun games. But I played. I just lay in bed and mindlessly play the app. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, it's good. Uh, you want to definitely combo either one or two factions together, and then just yeah, that's pretty much it. You know, you get a couple random cards in there that's not too bad but yeah yeah. anything more than that you'll start clogging yourself but yeah it's uh it's a fun quick little game i have not played it i played star realms i like that quite a bit but Mm. see the app was not do they have an app for hero realms or not that i know of okay the star realms app was pretty good though because it was they had like missions and stuff so it wasn't like just the same game yeah it helps change it up and stuff Mm -hmm. so yeah and uh, it did not didn't make your list, huh? No, I was gonna th- go off with. Uh, I'll save you this it, one. It was not an abstract <laughs> game. <laughs> it's true. Oh, oh, it's he's true. right. Yeah. My number four is a game we recently reviewed, and that is Specter Ops. This low, huh? Low as in like high. I, I thought it might have been higher for you. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, it's my number four, so it's very well regarded. Yeah. <laughs> You'll have to wait and see, Tim. I'm excited now. <laughs> well, I don't think you'll like two of them. Okay. I'm a little less excited. I was, <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's, uh, it's a real solid game. I love the... We've talked about it, but the art, the board is just incredible. The tension in the game on both sides is awesome. And you just in the action from the get-go. Uh, it's a great hidden movement game. I would suggest this would should be your first one. Into hidden movement, unless you want something a little meatier, go with one of those other ones, whichever theme you like. But this one is just easy for everyone to get into. 
mm-hmm. and I also enjoy playing the hunters in this game, unlike some others. <laughs> <laughs> Couple. Yeah, this one's really good. I enjoyed it a lot. Obviously, you mentioned we reviewed it recently in our last episode. And yeah, that's all yeah. I'm going to say. Yeah, my thoughts haven't changed since then, <laughs> yep. especially since I haven't played it. Yeah, your thoughts haven't changed since we haven't played it in the last three weeks or whatever. <laughs> yeah. My number four, I know it's a game that Aaron does not like, and Ryan is probably mediocre on it, and it is by Academy Games, and that is 1775. Yeah, it's terrible. (laughs) So I'll let you go first, and then I'll... Thank you. So in this game, you're playing the Rebels or the British. It's a team game, so... It's just kind of a simple area control. You're playing your cards, and your cards will show you how many troops you can move. And then once you move them, when you're sharing a region with someone, you roll your battle dice. And each faction has different dice, so to speak. So I think the Redcoats roll three. I I believe like the Militia roll two. But all the die results are different for each faction. So uh, it just kind of going kind of back and forth and then i think after the fourth round it's one one team plays both of their treaty cards it'll trigger the end of the game so then at the end uh it's whoever has the most colonies will be declared the winner and that is my number four yeah what a good game how do you feel about this one aaron it's great really oh no (laughs) (laughs) so what do you dislike about it Every play we've had. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Is it because you haven't won it yet? That's not why. I just really don't like the system. Really? Yeah. So I had talked previously about the 870. It's the same thing as like yeah. this. Yeah. Um, I won't go into that too much. Um, I do enjoy the game, but I find my enjoyment goes down almost every time we play the game. I think it takes too long for what it is. For sure. I do like the back and forth talking with your teammate. Oh, should we go here? Should we do that? Um, it feels like no matter what you do, unless you're playing against a bunch of buffoons, it's going to be a close game, which is fine. That's a good game, though. That's you don't want to run good, away, do you? But if you play well, you should win handily, too. Yeah. But I think it's fine. I would still play it, but I'm worried about if I play it a couple more times, if I'm just not going to enjoy it anymore. Yeah, I just got uh, you got there faster. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were there since turn two of game one. Yeah, but... pretty much. Well, yeah, it's a fantastic game. I recommend everyone checking it out. I think if it went, I think it's just our group. We take too long for what the game is. I just want to. I just wish it was like half as long. It'd be a lot if better. If we for just me. play, some games can go faster. Well, they can, but they can also. Yeah, they could go longer. So it just depends on. When you play your treaty card. When it's advantageous to. Yes. Anyhow. <laughs> so, Aaron, why don't you hit us with your number four? My number four is not an abstract game. Stop it. Ah. Fooey. I lie. I lie not. Is it the a streamlined phone? app? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, uh, it's probably one of the heavier ones on my list, and it is Gugong. I don't know. I don't know what BGG rates it at, but... I'm guessing that's actually probably like a low three. Well, I don't really consider it very heavy. 
3.18. Did I beat you out, Tim? By quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think my highest is like a very low 2.5. Hmm. Oh, I can't believe you went to a 3. <laughs> well, I didn't think it was that heavy. <laughs> it's It's got there's, a lot going on. There's a lot go. There's a good bit going on, but I don't think that I have to think that hard when I'm playing. No, but I think to do well, you have to think quite a bit. I've done well. I don't have to think that hard. Uh, what do you mean? Uh, it's just it's pretty heavy for a lightweight game. All right, just my opinion. <laughs> but please go on. I don't know what to say. Explain the game. Well, how does, how does the game <laughs> yeah, work? How does it, how do you have these people intrigued, and you just dangle on that carrot, yeah. and then you're swiping it away. Well, there's like eight different spots you can go to, and it's kind of like a worker placement, but you're using cards as your placement kind of as your workers they're gifts and basically each spot has a different action you take and you kind of go up on different tracks and trigger points through like building the great wall um and you always have to make sure that you march your dude up the temple stairs essentially because if you don't get up to the top of that uh you won't score anything um you can take your boat down the river and upgrade your stuff that way collect jade there's a bunch of different ways to score and i like how the game looks a lot it looks really nice production's good uh yeah it's it's up there for me yeah it's a good Mm -hmm. game um i wish it was a little bit longer maybe just so you could like collecting the jade is tough collect more jade or you could do more of a strategy that you're going for kind of thing i guess i think if it was that it, i would consider it in like the three something range if it was longer but it is a pretty short game i hope to see that card mechanic the gift giving or whatever the used in other games i do mm-hmm. like it i think it'd be a good mechanic in like a heavier game as one of like a one of the many mechanics or something like that yeah i could see that yeah that's a good one all right. All right. My number three is one I don't think Tim likes. Um, it's a drafting game, and it's got tile placement. So right there. Okay. That's out. Yep. You lost me. <laughs> Get the um, hell out of here. <laughs> it's not your typical drafting game where it's uh, pick and pass. Uh, that is Queen Domino. I like you know drafting, obviously, but then the tile placement's always fun because you get to see your empire if you want to call it that, grow in front of you. And the artwork's really good, so you get to see all the colors and the little art on the tiles and stuff. Um, it's got more going on than King Domino, and I really like that, where it's got the little knights, and it's got buildings that you can build and things like that. So it adds just enough more complexity, which brings it into the lightweight strategy game for me that I really enjoy. And I love it at all player counts, two to four. So, yeah, that is a very solid... One for me, that's Queen Domino. Yeah, I want to know what Tim thinks here, because I really like this game. I have to look, but I think I only played it once. And from what I remember, I thought it was decent, but it's been so long, so I, maybe I didn't think it was that good. I think we're on to something with yeah. the drafting and the tile placement. Tim's out. My number three, it is a game that I've talked about before on lists. Oh, boy. <laughs> Nightfall. So buckle up. <laughs> it has a whopping. Are you gonna go through your, the weight on BGG for everyone? I put them um, on here. I might as well. It's okay. my We're lightest number three. It's my lightest game. 
at a 2.01. Yeah. And that game is Ethnos. And I was surprised that it was listed as light as it was. On I, There's only two things really going on in the game. Yeah. Set I, collection and area control. Right. But what makes it, I guess, what I thought was going to push it over the complexity was the different race abilities. Mm. Uh, but really, once you play them, they're pretty straightforward. It's not wrong. You thought wrong. <laughs> Obviously. Uh, but it's a game that I do enjoy quite a bit where you are doing the set collection of these different fantasy races and then you're playing your war bands to place your little disc thingy on the map. And that is just about it. Once you place on the map and you play a war band, the rest of your cards are going to get put out for everyone else to be able to draft up. And yeah, that's uh, that's a quick rundown of Ethnos. Yeah, we'll have to play it again. It's been a little while. Only problem, it's not a big problem for me, but I just think that the set collection is much better than the area control. I wish the area control would give a couple more points for each spot or something like that, but it's not a big deal. It's a good game. Yeah, I've only played it the one time, but I actually enjoyed it for, you know. Really? An area control any game area you like. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't bad. My number three <laughs> is a game in the GIF series. So, yes, we can go back to the abstracts. You got to ride the wave of abstracts to the end? Uh, <laughs> we'll see. And that is Devon. That new one I picked up. Played it. I didn't think you liked it that much. We, that's not the one we played. Yeah, but you were... That that was them being all like, oh, you don't like this one, but you went and picked it up anyways. But it, it took, it, no, I do remember, but it took you a while of, like, we almost talked you into yeah, having to buy Yeah, we had to talk it. you into getting this. <laughs> so, no, I knew I, I, thanks. <laughs> I knew I wanted to get it. But, uh, yeah, this one is, again, a two-player abstract strategy. I don't know what it's listed as for complexity. Um, I can't imagine any of them are very... I think they're actually a lot higher than you think. They're pretty easy. I know. <laughs> that, like, I looked up Czar one time, and it was, like, almost a three. So I'm just like, what? How are they? But yeah, whatever. Anyhow, this one is... it. Basically, there's three life pieces on the board. They're red, and no one controls those at the start. But you basically take one of your pieces stack it on any other piece you can only move stacks that have your color on top and the stacks have to move as far as they are high um, and if at any point any when you move in a straight line if if at any point there are pieces that are no longer connected to a red piece those all get taken off the board and the player at the end of the game who has the um, highest stack when you combine all your stacks is going to win easy some fun strategy in that one trying to because it it gets cool when you start putting piece moving stacks with a red one in it because then you're actually moving those life spots and that provides some rewarding uh play play. nice let's try it sometime yeah based on your description i don't know what to think (laughs) <laughs> but I will try it out. Are you going to ride the GIF series all nope. the way out? Okay. I don't believe you. That was my number three, Devon. 
My number two is a game that got my wife and my brother into gaming. Uh, that is Stone Age. Probably played it 60, 70 times. My dad has even played Ooh. it a lot. So, you know, it's one of those games that has a lot of nostalgia for me. I really enjoy it still. I, what I like about it is, even though it is a very light game, it has a lot of ways that you can go about the strategy and scoring points. You can get a lot of buildings. You can get the set collection with the different cards. You can go with um, various ways of different cards, a lot of farming, a lot of people, just different ways to score. You just got to make sure you get those scoring cards, similar to Concordia in that sense. You want to make sure you're grabbing cards during the game. So it's one I really enjoy. It's a very simple worker placement game, and it looks good, and the components are nice, and yeah, it got my family into gaming. Hmm. That's my number two, Stone Age. It's been a while since I played this one. Mm-hmm. I picked it not too long ago, a couple months ago anyways, because yeah. I had never played it and I wanted to. And it was a good game, but I've only played it the once. So, Yeah, and it's it's pretty light. Mm-hmm. So. I'd considered it for my list, but I'm like, ah, I don't. I only played it the one time. I don't have enough plays mm-hmm. under my belt to consider it. It probably was the first game I would suggest somebody for a worker placement game. But now I think I'd probably suggest Sentry as mm-hmm. if they're like brand new to the hobby. Right. Just because that one's even simpler, but still feels rewarding. Mm-hmm. So, Tim, what do you got for your number two? My number two is a fantastic racing game. And it has a Better complexity rating of 2.38. It is my favorite racing game. And that is by GMT Games, and that is Thunder Alley. Don't listen to these other two. <laughs> I didn't say anything. You will. I'll let you finish. So basically in Thunder Alley, so you have a different racing team and you're playing cards from your hand that depict how far you're going to move and then it has different types of movement on it. So it might be drafting, pursuit, or just solo movement. And that's pretty much it. You're moving around the board. You're taking little damage counters depending on what cards you've played during the game. There's also little events. So maybe it starts, maybe you rub tires or hit a wall whatever whatever oh the case is yeah it gets thrilling there He's rubbing tires. <laughs> uh, but it's a game that i do enjoy a lot my wife and i play it two player as well look at that aaron they're rubbing tires in turn two i think his wheel's gonna come off you have to make a pit stop real soon there are pit stops in the game you yeah. can uh get rid of uh damage tokens but yeah that is my number two thunder alley i saw you pre-ordered the thunder alley with guns game yeah, Apocalypse what? Road. So I'm hoping the guns uh, makes the game fun. It's supposed to be like kind of uh, Mad Max. It's supposed to be use that system where you're playing cards. Are you to still move. racing around a track? Or yeah, but it seemed like you. They'll like, just say Mad Max because everyone sees a racing and, yeah. game with like post-apocalyptic. Or but yeah, that's that's basically yeah the gist of it. So I think Thunder Alley's awful. It's one of the worst games I've played. <laughs> Um, you played it once. Yeah, played Let's it once. It was a terrible experience. It was probably three hours at least or longer. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I won. It was completely random. I did nothing. I had no clue what was going on, and I just bumbled into a victory. <laughs> I probably almost fell asleep a couple times. I do consider myself lucky, though, because I only played this once. And yeah. Aaron? I've had to play it twice. 
and it is equally terrible the second time. What is it about it that you don't like? Uh, for me, it's everything. No, I was just, I heard what you, and okay. I was all, just curious why. St- those, the damage tokens, how you get them and how you can get rid of some. You can't get rid of the major ones or yeah, whatever. Yeah, some are permanent. And it, ugh, it felt like reverse engine building where everything just goes to shit and there's nothing <laughs> you can do about it. So the second time you played, was that, did it feel as long or draggy? Yeah. Okay. I was hoping I got a little better. <laughs> Not from my perspective. Uh, that on your number two. Hell uh, yeah, I love this game. <laughs> well, it'd probably more... be in my bottom two. Yeah. But I don't know that I'd want to ever try this again. Not that you'd even want me to try it. You know he'll just be ripping it up the whole time. Too, I would try so. not to as much as I could. <laughs> but then if it got like super long, like the other time, it just it, it's. You'd probably like it more. Yeah, I can't imagine I would like it. Less. Right, well, that's what I mean. That'd be hard. But, yeah, it was how random it was for how long that took. It was grueling. I don't know if that was because we just played with so many people. I think we had the full player count. Yeah, I think we had full player count first time we played. Hmm. Yeah, I I would agree with you that that play was bad. But oh, yeah. since then, you know, the three player game that I played with you, Aaron, I thought was a lot of fun. It was me, you, and Michael. And like I said, I played a bunch with my wife. I played with Hamhead and Marv uh, just a couple months ago. Had a good time. Uh, yeah. Definitely check it out. If you agree with Tim on things. <laughs> Don't agree with him on this. Agree with him on other things. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> this one is just wrong. That's fine. It's fine. You won't like my number one. <laughs> My number two is the second of the two games. One I had already mentioned, Azul. So my number two is Azul Stained Glass of Sintra. <laughs> uh, I, the little things that it added to the game it put it way up for me. And that's why I wanted, was willing to trade it. and The original Azul and all that uh, basically... Like Azul, you're trying to collect different colored tile pieces, glass pieces in this game, and fulfill rows, or in this, uh, it's columns in this situation. And your windows, your window panes, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just a really light, simple game that I have a lot of fun with every time, and it, I, I try to think probably harder than I need to when I play it. <laughs> but, you know, it's really satisfying when you're playing and you're like, oh, I really need those three, and it comes back around to you and you actually get them. You're like, ah, suckers. You know, like, mm. it, it, yeah. I like it a lot. It's slightly more gamier, I guess you could say, with, like, the worker, and it's nice how it can uh, you can help mitigate getting those tiles for the negative points. Yeah. I'd have to play it again because I only played it the one time, and at that time I did like it more than Azul. And I've played Azul is slowly growing on me. I'm still not super high on it or anything, mm-hmm. but I think I enjoy it a little bit more than this, but they're in the same bucket for me. Mm-hmm. I like how one has more of that interaction and more of the meanness to it in base Azul, but I like in stained glass. If you don't want that, you don't feel like playing that way, you have that worker where you can, mm-hmm. you can help mitigate that. So I can take or leave either one. I'm fine with playing them. 
Yeah, and that little worker is the reason I like stained glass a little better than regular <clears throat> Azul. Because, I mean, exactly what you said, Ryan, because you can kind of mitigate getting screwed over at the end of the rounds. You know, yep. sometimes you can't quite avoid it if your worker's already at the far end of the track where mm-hmm. you can't move them back. But you can kind of see it coming a little more and you can kind of mitigate that. Yeah. I like how the broken glass works better than the dropped tiles in so it it, it feels the... less punishing it feels less uh like you don't lose as many like if you break glass once you and you break eight pieces of glass you only broke glass once oh really yeah and you move down on a little chart instead of taking those negatives oh you move down on a little chart, and if you ever get to the bottom, you immediately lose those points. Otherwise, it's just an end game negative. Goes up to like eighteen possible negatives, but I've never seen it go past that. Past it or to hmm. it. So yeah, that's my number two, Azul, the stained glass of Sintra. So my number one, I believe, is my heaviest game. Yeah, it's slightly heavier than Stone Age, and I think the complexity goes up the more into the game you get, but that is Summoner Wars. I love the game. It's really nice. The uh, deck building you can do, building your own army. You also can just slap out the suggested deck. Boom, you're done. You're ready to go. Or mm-hmm. if you want to delve deeper into it, you can kind of build and strategize and think about how you want to go about taking out someone else's summoner. There's so many different factions you can get, so many different ways, play styles, so it could really match anyone's play style. It does have randomness in the dice rolls for combat. doesn't really bother me. There is a lot of ways to mitigate it, but that is in there. And I think this is a really good miniatures game with cards, and it would be the one I'd want to play. plays in 30 to 45 minutes, somewhere around there. And that is Summoner Wars. Yeah, I'd like to play that again. It's been too long for me. It really has. Yeah, we got it out a couple months ago, yes. a month ago or so. But yeah, it's a lot of fun. Fantastic game. I I never s- seen that before where you you're using your cards as the miniatures. That's cool. And that way, you know, it tells you right on there what, what the special what ability is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't have to remember anything or look at a chart. Type yeah, of thing. I did not have this on my list only because I was looking at the Alliance Master Set, and the complexity is a little higher on no, that. No, I, I can see that. Because I definitely could see where once you start adding in other stuff, it yeah. definitely gets heavier, you know, type of thing. Yeah, if you go so. just like base Summoner Wars, yes. But, yeah, when you start you know, getting deep down that rabbit hole mm-hmm. and you could start mixing factions together and doing all mm-hmm. that jazz, it does start getting more complex, like you said. Yeah. My number one, it is a game that we recently reviewed. And... It was already on Ryan's list, and that is Specter Ops. Not Thunder Alley. It's only slightly I'm, better. I had to chug like my water there to get that Thunder Alley taste out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> he said so, this is only slightly better than Thunder Alley. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I just uh, I enjoy this game quite a bit, and. It's fun playing both sides, either the hunters or the agents. One player is trying to sneak in and trying to detonate little areas or whatever you're doing. You're just triggering different areas and then trying to scuttle out. 
everyone else is trying to hunt down and narrow down where this individual is and eliminate them. A lot of fun. Super tense. Gives you that uh, the good sweats. Not the sweat that we're dealing with here in this hot no, box. No, no, not the, uh, hot, not the hot box. Not the rhino box we're getting here. No. Day after a storm. Yeah. So do you think this has the best game board of any game? <laughs> of any game. It draws me in, I think, the most of any game board. It looks the coolest on the table, I would probably say, but I'm not 100% sure. Of all game boards. A weird random question, but it just... Well, that sounds like a topic of discussion. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Aaron, let's hear your number one. I think I know what it is, unless it's too heavy. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just curious and looked up all of the GIP series okay, yep, um, that's what I weights. And yeah, Zars is 2.5. My number one is Zar, by the way. Did you change it when you saw that complexity rating or... So how many ab- no. how many abstracts does that make it? I figured this would be like abstract heavy, obviously, with like the lightweight games. There's five technically, if you include photosynthesis. Okay. So half, two Azul's, two gifts, and uh, photo <laughs> and <laughs> photosynthesis. <laughs> two gifts, yeah. Czar, I've talked about it so much, you probably all are tired of me talking about it. Talk away <laughs> a little bit. It's one of your favorites. Keep talking. It's fine. Uh, it's just a really nice, fast paced. Uh, abstract strategy game that uh, Tim loves and once he asked me all the time to play it Uh, at this point I gotta tell him no yeah (laughs) sick of beating him (laughs) sick of beating him (laughs) eventually I'm just chucking the pieces at him Uh, maybe you could make an app for this you you don't have to lug those pieces across the board that's a good idea they're fiddly when you have to stack them (laughs) yep they're flopping (laughs) yeah yeah, I don't know what they were thinking in that game design. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's my favorite of the Gip series that I've played, and probably my favorite light game, probably my favorite abstract strategy game in general. So. Yeah, this is this is my favorite one. Um, I do like Shobu, but I like this one significantly better. Uh, it's real tense, mm-hmm. um, you know, trying to get in the mind of the other player, you know, just thinking a couple moves ahead, what you want to do, and... Hopefully your the opponent doesn't muck that up, right. especially when it gets to the end of the game. It's a lot of fun. There's a lot of times where I'm playing and I like all of a sudden I after I'm done making my move, I'm like, I just realized that was a critical mistake. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, like oh, there, oh, there we go. Yep, you just like <laughs> the balloon just pops and you yeah. start slouching over. But it's only like a 15 minute game, so yeah. if that. Mm-hmm. I've seen it go five minutes to like 20 minutes. Really, that's about the max. Depends on the players. Mm-hmm. Uh, very good. Very good game. So what did you guys have for some honorable mentions? I had a few of them. Uh, Ultimate Warriors. Okay. Hmm. Um, it. What? It's like a filler. I know. That's why it was honorable mention. It's leaning more towards the filler side but i think it's a little it's more a, complex it's the same be- as king of tokyo basically well you have these different power cards that you're playing yeah, and guess. it does make it a little more complex it's it's more complex than just rolling dice and getting power-up cards so you're playing your cards moving and then doing different attacks a lot of fun 
another one is Mystic Veil, one that you guys recently played. Mm-hmm. Yep. With the damage copy. Ugh. It looked gross. I do like it. I find I like the first half of the game significantly more than the second half. Like mm-hmm. you get bored with it? Yeah, the first half you're building your cards, you know, it's like, oh man, I can't. And then the second half it's like a guy's drawing 17 cards and you're just sitting there waiting and waiting for it to get your turn again and it just that takes too long. It's yeah. like, just come on, boom, 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 go, boom, boom, go. Yeah, it does tend to slog a little bit. Yeah, I, I really enjoy the first half though when you're crafting your cards. You're like, oh man, this would be a cool card to get with that one. Mm-hmm. All these, all this stuff on it, but yeah. It's a good game, though, nonetheless. Aaron, what do you got? Yeah. <laughs> I've got a couple that are probably not surprises. Uh, one, though, that might be is Dragon Castle. I haven't played it. You've been uh, neglecting it from me. I know. <laughs> you played I'll this one, it. did you, Tim? No. I thought you did. I, no. I played, played it with, it with Michael. Uh, Michael and okay. Hamhead. Okay. Samhead. Um, so that one would be on there. It's kind of like a... Mahjong style abstract game where you're trying to build a better castle than everyone else. I thought you said you weren't too high on this game. I'm not like huge on it, but for lighter games, uh, it's good. This is like should have been your list. This is yeah, this is like the Schmidt list. <laughs> I mean, it's not a top ten abstract, but no. I, well, I gotta wait for that list. <laughs> I thought he was gonna force it on us, though. Yeah. No, 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 yeah. no, no. He wants to make a top 20 uh, list. Yeah, let's, come on, guys. I'll just do my top 20 list, and you guys can do, like, your top fives. Tim can do one. Yeah, yeah I'll do my top one. Uh, another one for me would be Link in the GIF series. I feel like you like this one after you played Have you played it since? I haven't played it since, okay. and that's, I, I'm this sure the, I'll like it. This but, is the Ricochet Bouncer game or yeah, whatever? The Ricochet yeah. Robot. The Link, okay. the Link rule, yep. Gotcha. But, and uh, yeah, that's that's what I got. How about you, Ryan? I got Mission Red Planet. I thought about that one, but yeah, I didn't. It it got squeezed off. Century actually bumped a few games down and that off because after I actually played a couple full games, that hit my list. Hmm. Nexus Ops is another one. And Thirteen Days: The Cuban Missile Crisis is another really? honorable mention I have. Yep, that's the light mini, super yeah. like. Light many. It's not really like Twilight Struggle at all. Mm-hmm. Don't even. They just say that to try to get you to buy it. Yeah. One I would like to play in the lightweight category is Isle of Sky from Chieftain to King, and that is by Sir Alexander Fister. <laughs> so he's been knighted. <laughs> yep. He's been knighted on our podcast by me. Just by Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'd like to try that. I want to get it at Origins. I just couldn't see it anywhere. So I'll probably pick it up at some point, but. I don't think you'll like it, Tim. It's um, tile drafting and tile placement. <laughs> so Sounds like it's out for so him. So he's out. <laughs> you got any other honorable mentions? Nope. That's my want to play. Huh. Yeah, that's his want to play. Or want to play. Nope. I just picked one. Okay. Hmm. Did you have any? I could pick one for you that I'm surprised you're not. Yinch or something? Well, yeah. Wingspan. Is that a light game? I didn't know if that was like a medium game. I thought yeah, it's, it's light medium. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. Yeah, that that would be <laughs> that'd be on there. Yeah. You can buy it for two thousand dollars. Yep, I'll just <laughs> take out a second mortgage. <laughs> Tim, what's a couple that you wanna check out sometime? Uh, well, it should be no surprise because every time we go to Origins, I want to play it, and we never do, and that's Bunny, Bunny Kingdom. Kingdom. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And we got shunned again this year. Yeah. Yeah. What are you gonna do? 
Uh, the other ones was the quack drafting, though. Hmm. Just so you know. Okay. Don't well, get your hopes up too much. It's not. I mean, you make it sound like I hate every drafting game. No, 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 no. I just. Okay. Me and Aaron will like it more than you. Probably. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> See, I'm I'm trying to do a service for you two. <laughs> I'm trying to help. We're talking about Thunder Alley. Yeah. No. Maybe I'll bring that with. Uh, don't waste your time. Uh, it might not make it back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving it away for you. Nope. Not going one. anywhere. Any others or uh, the Quacks of Quedlinburg? Just because I hear a lot of hype about it, and I'm not even sure what it's about. Huh? But uh, I'd oh, be I know interested. It's a little light push your luck game, but mm-hmm. so maybe it's more towards the party uh, style. No, but I don't know. It's lightweight strategy game. Okay. It's yeah. not. So, dual winners. Have you ever considered getting in touch with us? <laughs> well, you can, and I'll tell you how. Email us at dualwingames at gmail dot com. Join our Board Game Geek Guild. That is Guild 3471. Slap us some questions. Tell us how we're right, how we're wrong. Uh, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Dual Win Games. We could definitely use some likes on Facebook. <laughs> we do have a little minor announcement to make. We, minor? We do have an announcement to make. This is announcement. huge. A little event that we're running. So... We aren't able to go to Gen Con this year, so we're going to host a Gen Cant event. And that is Saturday, August 3rd at the Game Capital in De Pere, Wisconsin. Yeah. So that is local for us. So if you're in the area. Yep. Or you just want to travel to De Pere or Green Bay, it would be a perfect destination. Yep. Uh, Come come down, check it out, say hi. We'll have more details in the next episode, but we're probably going to be raffling off a couple games for charity. Demoing a couple games and just gaming all day. Yeah, just celebrating that we can't go to Gen Con. Yeah, so if you can't go to Gen Con as well, come to Gen Cant. Yes. Exactly. We'll uh, we'll let you know some more info in the next episode. Mm-hmm. And hopefully we see you in another two weeks for another episode of Dual Win Games, a board game podcast. Yes. Take it away, Tim. On our next episode, Stable Talk, we go over scoring methods. We review two unannounced games and we go over the excitement's building yes and we go over our top 10 games that keep us coming back hopefully we keep you coming back Rookie here or what? I normally got it right in front of me. You got noob noob over here. (laughs) Getting ready for my first review. (laughs) I got things I got to do.